I want to read something to uh, start off this show that was written by um, today's guest, and then we will get into our show. In a couple of days, August 6th, it will have been one year since I got my prognosis of a year to live. No big plans, but a lot of crazy, amazing, unbelievable, incredible things have happened, to say the least. 15 to 16 sessions of chemo, a lot of mental counseling and physical rehab, being on Ellen, HBO special, late night talk show spot, spoke on CNN, and did all the podcasts I came up in comedy listening to. And I met the vice president. All that, and yet the most incredible thing was the rumor that I had lied about my cancer or that it isn't terminal. I have peritoneal mesothelioma. There is no cure. No cure is the definition of terminal. Now, that should clear up any confusion. Cancer has been in my family for years. I lost my grandma to kidney cancer that spread. Lost my cousin to brain cancer. My aunt had cancer. My mom had non-blood-related Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. So cancer isn't a joke to me, and I certainly wouldn't use it to further my career. See, to say that is to disrespect my family and friends who were there with me through hospital visits and chemo trips. And that is where I draw the line. This isn't typical comic jealousy. It is malicious hate and libel. Folks went and added my family, too, so they could see the slander. Say what you want about me, the special, my comedy, or even how I conducted myself while having the time of my life and career. But not once did I ever skirt responsibilities or miss chemo or not fight cancer with my all. I fought cancer with all my fiber and being and was public about it, including the good, bad, and ugly. I even repeatedly traveled and failed to get the high-pec surgery before finally getting it in Baltimore on the 7th of last month. I figured folks would be happy, but no. I was greeted with negativity and nastiness. Folks asked me why I hadn't died yet. Let that sink in for a second. I had folks openly ask me or allude to that. Not once did I lie about my feelings, struggles, or successes. Maybe some of you would have done it differently. I hope we never have to find out because cancer is fucked up and I wish it upon no one. I didn't ask for this, not even HBO. I just wanted to record something and put it on YouTube or whatever. I simply asked to be remembered and to put out my art for when and if I died in this year. So now it looks like I'll live longer than a year. I have more work to do, jokes to write, etc. I will appreciate each day and person more than any of you could ever know. I'll eat and drink and be happy because I'm fortunate that God allowed me to be somewhat victorious over this cancer. I watched, read, and listened to all of it. I was quiet and was grateful and pleased when my real friends came to my defense and didn't just watch and shake their heads. That meant a lot to me as I recovered this past month with 45 staples in my stomach. I'm here now, though, back in L.A., and going to hit mics and shows like before, going to continue to hug and support other comics like before, and for you select few who lied and said what you said, thank you. It's all good, because now I know I am not a make-a-wish case. I'm a real comic who can catch slander and lies like anybody else. For those of you who just saw the Kickstarter campaign go viral, Ellen and whatnot, and think it's been a roller coaster of fun, do your research and check your facts or risk it all and ask me about my cancer. Just don't disrespect the kind folks, friends, and family who were there. Don't do that, please, and thank you. That was a post I read yesterday on Facebook from Quincy Jones, our guest today. 
Very well said. Very well said. Um, Quincy, good to have you back. It's great to be back. Hollywood and Adams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that being said, by the way, I know, I know when we're recording this, this is a couple days away from the, the final year, but congratulations. And, yes. it, and it could not be... Who, who would not be thrilled right now to know that um, you've taken one step further to, you know, the fight? Well, clearly some people, which yes. is fucking weird to me, man. Um, I And I was just, this is what I was going to say right before we started recording, but I saved it because I th- must be doing a pretty good job weeding out, like, idiots from my feed. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, when the new Ghostbusters came out... I didn't know people hated it because it starred all women. I had no idea. And then people look, so all I'm seeing is people going, hey, if you don't like the new Ghostbusters, you're a dick. And it's like, and, it, and I'm just seeing the people defending things, but I'm not seeing the hatred towards the things. So it was always a little bit weird to me. I had no idea anybody was trying to call you out or ask what the deal was or yeah. I had what? seen something you did you and saw- it's, I think I talked to you about this and I I, I purposely oh. it was it, it seemed to be very small and isolated and I said to myself good because I really felt that the person that was posting it had almost done it to to use you to be contribu- to be controversial yeah and tried to make a name for themselves which almost is double down on gross yeah so then the theory is ignore it and it eventually will go away and make them feel even more humiliated at the fact that they were even trying to make that attempt now that was just me reading into it but I, I want to be clear about this show as we move forward I want this to be a celebration of everything that has been accomplished it just caught of me off guard before you showed up that you were going through and it's expected to go through in a roller coaster of emotions. It's just it's it's disappointing that you had to go through certain ones. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, I mean, but it, I think it, the lows make the highs that much better. So the fact that that happened two weeks, three weeks before the anniversary, it was sort of like, oh, okay, that sucks. Unfortunate when you're going through recovery from a major surgery, but at the same time, it's like. Oh well, that's that's good. That's people out there. Well, that's I like the, I like what you said in there, where you're like, now I've, I'm a real comic because now I'm a like whenever when anyone is successful, yeah. like you know you're doing something right mm-hmm. if other people are kind of like nipping at you and being like, no, 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 uh-uh, I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing. Like I don't think it's any good. Like when people are trying to tear you down, yeah, there's no reason to tear someone down who's not already, you know what I mean? Like I mean, it was a, it came out of left field. Like when I when I when I saw the post, people brought it to my attention. Now was it was it? Uh, and I'm not. We're not going to name names or anything. No, but w- w- was it another performer? Yes, it was another performer. Okay. We, only, we were selective with the word comic. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I I am I am because a, a comic would be worried about a comics material and writing better jokes and worrying about getting their own exactly. fucking specials. But it, it was it was another performer, and they came out of left like the post. When you read it, it didn't make sense. It was like, yo, this is the hardest year of my life. I had to take the, take on the care of my mother. She has dementia. Uh, and with that being said, I'm out of fucks to give. I don't care what happens. But, you know, Quincy Jones is lying about terminal cancer. If you want to sue him to get your money back, hit, hit me up and I'll, I'll, I'll come. In. You know, I'll help you out. I did not know about that one. Whoa. Oh, oh wait. I, was, oh, yeah. I, I, I want to make sure I get it right. Holy no, no, I'm saying I didn't realize that's how intense it was. Oh, it was a Facebook post. He just post. came okay. right out and said you lied. Yeah. Oh, it was it was it was flagrant. It was flagrant. Let me I, hold on. Give me a second. I want to yeah. read it to you. 
I want to make sure I get the word the wording right. I don't want to. But by the way, um, I uh, I also know that I I cannot, which is there's nothing wrong with this. But I cannot get the type of cancer cannot come out of. I can't say those words right, which I'm sure you, you were specialize. Close. You said in. the first word, Did and then you fucked up. Meso. <laughs> yeah, he said meso, right? Yeah, meso. But when you start to say theme and the, and the surgery, I didn't know if it was H I P E C or if yeah, you actually call no, it hypec. No, it was called hypec. Okay, yeah. good. So here's a, here's a, here's a Dorco. I was having the hardest year of my life before I took on the care of my mother, who was recently diagnosed with dementia. I think I'm doing this because I'm just out of fucks to give about protecting myself from what this might bring on. Quincy Jones is lying about being terminal. I begrudge no comedy opportunity he's gained, but do begrudge how much money he's made on it. If you donated to him and want to sue him to get your money back, contact me and I'll help you navigate that and I will not charge you anything. That was the post that started everything. Like it was, that was the post because that post got up to seventy-one comments. I'm sitting there reading it now. People, and that's not that's seventy-one comments. Not and you know this person, them. by the way. I know of this person. Oh, you don't know them? No, oh, not okay. personally. Like okay. I know them in the open mic. Uh, okay, okay. So I've seen them around. Uh, but I was reading that, and I was like, "Yo, this makes no sense." Because you start off talking about one thing and then do a fucking off-road trip to fucking me. I'm yeah. like, I didn't. I, what do I have to do with this? And so I was like that. And so people, and then people were commenting on it. One person said, uh, one person said, yo, I was watching the special with my friends. Hold on. Haha, I was watching his special and I thought this motherfucker better die because he is not funny. That was a comment on it. And I was like, yo, and here's the thing. I even screenshot. Uh, the interaction I had, the you know, only only interaction I've had with this this performer, is this one on April fifth of last year. I said, "Great set again last night." You reminded me of Nate Bargatze with your delivery and jokes. Best set of the night, hands down. Hope to see you as chill on stage as you were last night. Soon, two days later, they write back, "Thanks, man." That's the extent. That's the, that's your relationship with this person. You saw them in a mic. You took the time out to say something positive to them and encourage them. And then it, over a year later, it's like, he's lying. I don't begrudge any comedy, but I do begrudge how much money he's made. I was like, let's say, let's take that train of thought, right? I didn't set, I didn't work with anybody set up the Kickstarter. I worked with the Blaines, right? And they helped me, but we didn't anticipate making that much money. I didn't set up the GoFundMe. You know, my cousin did that. People donated. I didn't finesse Your friends and your family wanted to help you out. Right. And so when I read that, it was like, yo... What made me make that post, because I'd seen this, this this came this post dropped on like the fourteenth. The fourteenth of, of last month. Of July. Yeah. Okay, so, so you sat on it for a while, absorbed I sat there, it. Which, because I, which I was, by the way, good for you, because my first thing would have been a big <laughs> fuck you in the comments section, like, where do you live? I'm coming over, that kind of thing. That was what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, of course it was, because you're fucking enraged. Yeah, I was I was that. But then I also thought then, I, then you start investigating, you start thinking and analyze. Okay, well, they put this. Wait, we're friends on Facebook. So they knew you'd see it. They Maybe they didn't know I'd see it. Maybe they forgot, but they didn't tag me in it. You know, not one person out of all those comments tagged me in it to be like, yo, let's bring them in if you can't see this. So let's say people are assuming that I can't see it, but I did. I saw everything. I saw every comment. Now, were the comments were the comments mostly negative like that? I mean, that is a ridiculous. The, com- the, the comments were ninety percent, ninety five percent in my favor. Okay, because, all because right. Here's the thing: when I was in the hospital last year for forty five days, three fourths of the comedy scene 
came and saw me in the hospital. Yeah, we did. They, we did an open mic in the hospital. It's <laughs> not joke. We did an so open mic. So if you in are, uh, uh, you know, lying about this, you went to great lengths to yes. set up open mics You're in so hospitals see, where you could wear a gown. Yeah. I people can. Here's the thing. People thought when they, they like, because people comics were coming, they like take a picture with me, and people when the picture got posted, people thought that it was like me shooting. A, a skit. Oh, a movie, cool! You doing a movie. a movie? Right, that's what they thought. And people were like, "Oh, he's really there." So more people came. More. And then when I got out the hospital, they did a benefit show for me. And then more people, like the other quarter of the scene, saw me at that benefit show. You know, so people saw me in my emaciated condition. And so for this to happen, it's like, yo, you literally uh, just burnt. You might as well move because you literally burnt every bridge in the comedy community to get booked. And then on top of it, that performer then. Then sent one of her minions up to uh, up to the North Sea, the Northwest Comedian Board and was like, "Hey, this performer's looking for stage time. Awesome performer, please reach out." And everyone's like, "You just accused Quincy Jones from Seattle of having of lying about cancer, and now you want to get booked in Seattle? Yeah, that's what you're going for." Post immediately deleted. Well, that that's see, okay, good. Oh wait, I so mean, the post was eventually deleted. No, not not the one say, accusing me. The one of the in the comedian board asking to get booked there. Oh, okay. Yeah. They were like, "Oops, uh, yeah, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna take that any further." Yeah. I, it, so this is like one interaction, and then you don't talk, you don't see each other, you don't, you're not talking on the phone, you're not texting back and forth. There's no, you didn't bang his wife. You're not none of that. And then he's just like, uh, like, where is this? Ba- I mean, should I contact this guy? And be like, hey, I want to sue Quincy. Uh, what should I do? Have you had anyone do that? No, because uh, everyone it's, knows it's pointless. It's point, but not only that, like people defended me. Like people are like, "Yo, I was there when the doctor gave him the prognosis. I was there when he got turned out for the high pec surgery. I was there when he got told the cancer spread. I brought him root beer floats. I saw him sick. I saw him seventy five pounds lighter. You don't even know this person. You're busy talking this shit about him. What the fuck? Like, what are you really doing? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah." But also the so thing weird. is, is you, this is one of those ones where you're like, why is anybody having to defend this in the first place? Or, but why was is it mind boggling? Well, mean, what do you expect to gain? Well, if you think about it, like there's so many things we as comedians can do in this in, in our little world. And, and listen, we all know that jealousy exists. That's okay. Sure. And it's natural. Jealousy is natural. But what you do with the jealousy. And how you deal with it is 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 that's where I think the dividing line is. It's one thing to go, man, I wish I could have an HBO special. And then somebody goes, well, his situation is unique. And you go, okay, that's not comparing apples to apples. That's comparing apples to orange. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, as you've said on our show and many other shows and to people face-to-face, I would trade this HBO special to know that I do not have this cancer ever in my entire life and work towards that later on in my life. Yeah. Of course, that's the natural thing that any human being would feel. Mm-hmm. So to even go down that path is just so ridiculous to me. And it's just that, that, that there's a disconnect with that human being if they feel that somehow or another that you are glad that you've gotten... You may have joked about it because you're a comedian, right. but we all know... No, of course you don't want all this crap. But also, it's, how does it benefit that person? Like, if, if this was a ploy to somehow get ahead or, like, by doing this particular move, I am guaranteed 10 weeks of great stage time or something. Like, there's no like there's no benefit for this guy other than being shunned by anybody who's got a fucking heart that beats more than once a year. But it, it's the fact that they underestimated the power of the 
positive influence that I put in the comedy scene. And so they thought that they could really use this and turn people against me. And they were, and I took note of everyone who commented on it. And it was like, oh, there's only five people. There's only five, six people who really believed that. They believed his post. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yo, that's kind of awesome to think that out of all the people who know me in the comedy community, only six people here are really fighting that good fight. People, there are literally 71 comments. Everyone's saying, why hasn't she said anything else after this? Why is, it, why is this post up? Oh, it was a complete shutdown, yeah. Why is this post up, right? Everyone's saying, this is gross. Take it down. This is ridiculous. What are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to gain? And then nothing. And then, after all is said and done, some long, rambling diatribe about uh, you know, I just am able to recognize cons. It's my gift. And da, 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 da. this is the same person. Man, let me. I'm able to recognize <laughs> cons. Let me. Let me show you, man. <laughs> Elaborate. This is another, like you're a real fucking Robert Redford and Paul Newman. No. It's just I, I guess that's a reference to the Sting, everybody. You know, Quincy, would you say that um, having been exposed to this, do you th- would you feel like this is? I mean. There are thousands of people that are experiencing something, unfortunately, similar to what you've had to go through in this last year. It's, you are experiencing something even more unique, which is even one person to even feel the need to, to call, to pretend to be able to call somebody out on that, to where everybody else, you know, it, you, you understand what people have to go through now. You have empathy for every single person that is trying to survive with cancer and what they already have to go through on a daily basis. And they're not having to face this type of heat because they weren't exposed on, on a national level like you were. Right. I mean, I just think, and I didn't defend it or anything, but I felt the need to address it because I heard grumblings in New York that there were comics of, of our stature who were saying that I was faking it. And I was like, I was like, yo... Like it was to the point where I was like, I heard some of the names and I was like, I'll fight you. I'll fight you <laughs> anywhere, anytime. Yeah. I will fight you. Like yeah. there's no when I see you, don't be fake. Stand by what you said, and I will remember that. And I'll ask you to say it again in my face, and I'll fight you. I'll fight you if you lie. I'll fight you if you say it. There's no way you're not fighting me. And I know those people, you know. Yeah. But that's the thing with comedy because we all. Feeding this notion, well, comics are jealous and pessimists and insecure and this, that, and that. Doesn't mean that there's no consequences for your actions Correct. or your yeah, work. Yeah, you can, you can, I mean, you can live your life being a jealous, petty, insecure person, but like you do something like that, people are going to notice that. And you're a, that, you're a bad person. Let, let me read, let me read what they said. So this so, is after a bunch of comments. Bunch of comments. Then she finally chimes back. First of all, it's a female, which is. Fucking blowing my mind. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a, it's. A, I don't know why. It's a bad person. Well, it's a bad person, but like, female. I mean, uh, uh, women are usually a little bit more nah, man. fucking nurturing, and I don't nah. know. Here's the post. It says, "If I saw someone inconspicuously to all, but a few of us take money out of my friend's purse, I would feel compelled to make my friends aware. That's true, even if they weren't my friends." But we're just some loosely associated community members. If I also knew where the thief went and how his victims can retrieve their fraudulently taken cash, I would feel further compelled to elaborate public, publicly on that as well. None of that would have anything to do with any personal feelings I might bear toward the perpetrator. I never said there wasn't cancer. There's no hidden agenda to be found. There's just someone lied for money and someone else pointed out to people who were unaware. There might have been a better way to do it, but this was the first time I volunteered to make myself a pariah in order to do what I thought right. And I'm sure I'll improve the next go around. 
the, there were considerations I had to make that I can't share publicly. I like to believe that if I lived in a small town and I knew there was a local con man, that I would risk being ostracized and tell the townspeople the truth. It's a responsibility of the person who figures out the snake oil salesman is a fraud who bears the responsibility of alerting the community. I'm really unobservant, so I hope community members will tell me to look out if I wander into oncoming traffic. I want to live in a community where people look out for each other and different people look out for each other in different ways because we all have different skills. For some fucking reason, knowing of my particular con fell into my particular skill skill set. I make a lot of jokes about my American flag tattoo, but it's somewhat sincere. I believe I'm lucky I live in a country where I could say something unpopular and feel pretty sure my individual speech would be safe from the anger of many. I went to law school because I believe in shit like civic duty and shedding light on injustice. What I did, of course, wasn't just like going to a town square and yelling in the news to my neighbors because it was so much easier. I didn't have to risk my livelihood or anything. Just being disliked by a lot of people I'm not even going to be seeing for a while. It wouldn't surprise me if history is largely made up of people finally making a decision in the middle of an emotional meltdown. Some of you seem to think the only possible explanation for doing what I did was self-interest of some kind. That you thought there no possibility I was telling the truth and sincerely had a moment where I cared less about the consequences than I cared about the truth is more of a commentary on you than it is on me. I don't want to respond to specific allegations. I do not want to be goaded into calling people I barely know liars. More people, that is. I will say, however, that if I'm wrong, there should be a really good case for libel against me. So that, that was that. Well, I want to say there's one particular response that I want to want to address. Is this one? There's that one. Hold on. All right. So you just hum the McDonald's. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. Okay. I'll 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 cut this part out. Well, so, because so. McDonald's will. Uh, no, no, not because of the listen, There's someone on their lunch break right now eating nuggets. They're like, <gasps> mm, I am loving it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Okay, so there's that one. And I want to make sure I get to. So there's, here's the response to, in my defense. To, uh, in, her, in your defense, to her, to her. the response to her last right. post. Okay. I'm sorry for what you're going through on a personal level. I can't imagine how difficult that must be, as many of us have experienced dementia and cancer in our families. I never said there wasn't cancer. With the drastic weight loss, chemo, and doctor's visits, cancer is evident. Whether or not it's life-threatening, which it is, either way he has cancer and his life was and is dramatically affected by it. The Kickstarter was started by a friend, not him, to help with doctor bills, as cancer isn't cheap, dying is expensive. Regardless if you think he's not dying fast enough or dying at all, but hinting that cancer existed, which it does, that's a hefty bill. Many families go bankrupt over less medical bills, a bill his friends and family gladly came from all areas to help support him. That's what I love about the comedy community is that when my friends are sick and they have something like this, I chip in because not everyone has health insurance. There's no questionnaire of, hey, are you really sick? Did you really get hit in the head with that bat or do you really need a place to live? Maybe you don't know him personally or haven't seen him, but there's a lot of us who saw him when he was incredibly frail, just skin and bones, but he's been bouncing back. However, it doesn't mean he's not on borrowed time. He is. Cancer affects everyone differently. My grandma died of colon cancer, but my father-in-law is still with us and has been cancer-free for a decade. You don't know how it will affect you or what the highs and lows will be. This is hurtful to read to anyone who would question a friend when they are going through their worst. I begrudge no comedy opportunity he's gained. If you don't begrudge him for his opportunities and you can see that the money is for a sickness, then what is this really about? Yeah, that's my question. Is like If you're not trying to get ahead somehow with this takedown... What's the point? So, all right. So let's let's let me ask you a couple questions. Uh, um, 
what mansion did you move into? Oh man, I got this beautiful five three and a half in Beverly in Bel Air. Oh good. Oh okay. Bel Air. Well, I, right. I I got a theme and, song for and you. And how sir. many cars do you own now? Seven. Okay. And how many boats? Two. And how many homes in other countries? Oh no, I wanted to be humble. I didn't want. Oh, to you don't want to be the rubbing your uh, riches in the faces of the. I'm a humble comic. There you go. He's, I'm a, he's I'm more a... humble than like I've heard. You're more humble than like Trump. Yeah, you're like so. Yeah. You're like the most Had humble. To bring Trump I'm into a this. Civic well, servant. just because he said he's more humble than you could possibly ever imagine. <laughs> So I'm sorry you had to go all, go through all this stuff, and it doesn't it, it's it just it doesn't make any sense. I don't know it where any, doesn't. and I think you would agree with this. Where are the winners in this? In, in the end, when you think about this, where are the winners? Because this could have been resolved very simply if this person knew you even remotely, and obviously you've communicated at least once. If they were concerned in any way, shape, or form, why the, why the public platform when they could have just saw you and said, "Hey, I." I somebody told me that you're faking this and and talk to you directly instead of trying to publicly shame you. I think is the part that is concerning to me more than anything else. That's why it's grandstanding. That's why it's so sick in in its in its purpose. For me, I win. I win in the situation because it's like it made me calm down and not resort the way we would normally react in any other situation. You know, it, it, it struck a chord. I was upset, no doubt. But I had to think about it and really respond the way a comic of my stature would respond. Now, I could have gone off and people have been like, well, he's getting way too defensive. He's getting way too defensive. Yeah, but, I, I, but it would have been understandable. Uh, I mean, you're, been, here, you're, you're defending your life. But now it was Literally like, and figuratively. But it, it, for me, I had to think about it. I was like, yo, you know you have cancer. Everyone who's defended you knows, knows you have cancer. So there's no, re- there's no real reason for you to say anything. But you have to read it. You have to see it. You have to hear it. Now, you know that you just got a major surgery done in Baltimore. And you know that, you know, you have these staples in your stomach. You're going to get them taken out. You know it's going to take you a while to heal. Okay. But you have to read this shit, this nonsense, as you're healing. And it's sort of like a, a reminder. It's like, oh, man, there is a catch. There's always a catch. When I got all the good shit coming, I still had to do chemo. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, that was a, it wasn't no like, yo, all this good shit's going to come your way and you're cancer free. Yeah, it was like, super all, healthy, this, yeah. all this good shit's going to come your way, but you still have to deal with this real life shit. And that's what I had to go through. You know, so when I looked at this post, I was like, well, that, that came out left field, but most people know. And then you see some people you think are your friends start questioning you. You're like, well, you know what? Like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, are you going to address it? Like, are you going to say anything? I was like, why the fuck do I need to say anything? Why would I? Why are you I, 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 why are you asking me yeah, this? First of all, as a I, friend. Like why why would you should why should you be asked to defend something so ridiculous? That's like and this is a bad maybe a bad comparison, but Derek Jeter, all the rumors about Derek Jeter giving gift baskets to women he bangs of his own memorabilia. He was on a show the other day and he was like do you believe that? Do you believe I gave gift basket? Like they're like, well, you never said anything in the media. Is like, if I address one stupid rumor, have I have to address, to address them, all. them all. And then the one time I don't address something, then it's definitely. Oh, he did it. He did it. He did it. Yeah. So it's like you. It's not. You. You don't have to address that shit. That's nonsense. You know what I mean? And and you say you have to read it. I say you chose to read it because of who you are. Yeah. And you know that you're gonna. You know you're gonna be on stage. And this is you're essentially you, you're still in the process like you're collecting material on this and and people like that i mean there's there's this this isn't gonna get talked this is gonna it's blown over what is this this is a comic at an open mic who's upset that i got some fame 
maybe I think they're mentally unwell because the post itself didn't make it. It's all over the place, yeah. You know, so I'm like, what is this? What am I supposed to do with this? This is not even worth my time. Yeah. But when I hear grumblings across the country of people of our stature saying shit, that's where I get angry because it's like, motherfucker, you've been eating, you've been a touring comedian nationally for 12, 15 years. And you're getting bitter about a fucking special? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. You think I'm faking it? I dare you to say it when you see me. Yeah. And that's why I put in the post, risk it all and ask me. Yeah. Risk it all and ask me. Throw, throw all the cards on the table and be like, I think you're faking it. And see the response. It'll be swift. I promise. But at the end of the day, I have an HBO special. Yeah. <laughs> and so. And you've kind of, you've lived, I mean, look, your, your date was August Six. Six. So today is the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Two days. Two days. I mean, I got, there's so much good. There's so much good. I can't let this one little sheep cry fuck up my day. It, no, but, you, but you, can you, you can, can you laugh at that or is it really so annoying? Because it's, it really just eats at me like, who well, you, the fuck are you and why do it, you have it, the balls it, to it, post something like this? It would eat at you if you expected more of humans. Of, of that, oh, yeah. I don't expect much of humans. I knew what came with it. That's why I joked about it in the special, you know? But I addressed it, and I moved on. But when it came out like this, it was like, now, what you're doing is wishing death upon someone. That's not a joke. That's not comedy shit. That's, that's nothing. And then when the person who comments on that, I was watching the special, I was like, all right, but I've booked you on my show. So what are you really saying? You're not only lying just to just because your friend, you're believing your friend, but you're lying that you don't know me. When I booked you on my show, when you asked for stage time, so now I'm looking at like this is all grandstanding. Mm-hmm. This is all like I looked at the people trying to rally it up. I was like, you guys are sick, yeah, bitter people. I hope you have to do Marty's for the rest of your live long days. I hope you have to wallow in Sal's shit, and I hope you never get what you're hoping, what, what you're looking for. So go slander me all you want. I could take it. But when they started adding my cousins on Facebook and trying to add family and send messages to them of, oh, do you know what's really going on? Or asking and doubting. It was like, that's where I was like, see, people get slapped for less than that in real Well, world. yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's like, that's like not, it's one thing if you want to make a, a grand post about it, you want to grandstand, you want to slander, you want to say whatever you want, yell in the soapbox, do it in front of my house. I don't care. But don't, disrespect my family and my friends you know what i'm saying who are on facebook by adding them to see this yeah and, and again going back to what john you were saying earlier about like uh, he could have ignored it the problem was it's it's the social media aspect of this that had had reached out and unfortunately even though this person was an open micer by, by, by virtue of, of, of posting this it made it to new york city it affected other people it became poisonous and and it's good that you dealt with it because now the, the the truth and the counter is out there and hopefully it can just go away. It just it just there's so many things that when I look at social media it just it just break my heart that it ha- has to even go down this way. And I'm and I I, under, I what what I appreciated, I really appreciated from what you wrote was you dealt with it. Mm-hmm. You exposed everything that was raw to you within dealing with it still talked about the reality of what you're going through and still at the end finished with what have I learned from this and where am I going with this? And it, it ended on and up. And that to me was, 
really what I, I, I was mad, but I, what I took away from it was that, bravo, you're a better person and you're spreading, you're spreading a better message in this than most people can stay in a, in, you know, a photograph of their meal last night. Well, that, that, that was the goal. The goal was to be like, you know, this is what's been going on. This is why it's not. This is why I'm not joking about why I don't like. Why I don't even really talk about Kansas H. I just headlined my first comedy club for the weekend in Denver. Comedy Congrats! Works. Oh, sweet. How'd that go? Great, amazing club. Beautiful yeah, I hear the crowds are good there. They're really good. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I was in Comedy Works South. There's two of them. So there's the one in downtown, and I was in the South location. John Dor was at the other one. Oh, I love um, John Dor. He's amazing. God, is he funny? <laughs> and so I was at the South one. You know, go to the town. You do the radio, right? And you try and get people get butts in the seats. And the first show was just so, but afterwards, people were coming up to me, and they're like, hey, man, I want to let you know I know what you're going through. Because I don't talk about the cancer on stage. I don't acknowledge it. I don't address it. Because, I mean, if you, cancer's scary. You know what I'm saying? If anyone gets told you have cancer, if you even hear the word, it just summons up the image of an old grandma withering away in a hospice bed, right? And I was just like, yeah, nah, man, that's not, even if, I don't make it a year. That's not the way I'm going to go out. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing, which is getting on stage, telling these jokes. First thing I did when I got out of the hospital was go hit two open mics. You know what I'm saying? That's all I know. You know what I'm saying? So why else? Would, I didn't ask to touch Nicki Minaj's butt. I didn't ask <laughs> to go to Beyonce's backstage passes. I didn't do none of that. I asked the fucking, yo, I want to make a special. There was no talk of let's do HBO, let's no. do Netflix, yeah. let's do Showtime. Remember when you, you were here you, last? Yeah. That's what we talked about. You, you had were, no idea what was going you're on. You're like, at I just want to put this out. And there's and, and we were talking like, well, there's Hulu, you know, and there's like places that you can just sell to. And this, like, by the way, is not. This is a conversation we had after the mics were off, yeah. and we were just we were just shooting the shit afterwards. Yeah. And you were just being like, hey, you know, I don't really know where this is going to land. I'm excited about it, but whatever happens, but it happens. Didn't, it was like this it, wasn't you grandstanding on the show. Sorry, John. No, 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 but but it was. It was a very sincere, like, and I have the same thoughts. Like, I don't know what I'm going to leave behind, if anything. So I hope it's my comedy. I hope people will, you know what I mean, see more. And you were, you know, you've been doing comedy, but not like 25, 30 years. So you were like, you wanted to put something out that was just going to stay. And you were, you would have been content. Your general attitude was like, if it can get on YouTube and it can be spread around and people can see it forever, then you would have been happy with that. Yeah. And other people, again, friends, family, you didn't, like, you were talking to Nicole Blaine, like, hey, I'd like to find a place to shoot a special, West Side Comedy, wherever. You know, you were looking at realistic venues mm-hmm. for a realistic cost to do a realistic thing. And then when people found out about your story and wanted to help you, it became a bigger deal. Yeah. And that, you, you didn't change who you were to do that. You didn't lie to get that. You just maintained what you wanted and all that stuff. People were like, yeah, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. So again, you didn't, it's not like you were like, yep, I got to get on HBO. I got to get on Ellen. I got to get, you know what I mean? You weren't, no, who the fuck ever thought you'd get on Ellen, dude? Actually, I, mean, I just found his checklist from the last episode. Yes, to do. Turns out it oh, is I here. I should have left my bucket <laughs> <laughs> Gotta lock your phone, on, fellas. L- Gotta lock your phone. <laughs> I mean, clearly, man. When I and then the ch- I mean, the whole thing. I was like, oh, well, this is how it should go. Then you know. So yeah. there it is, and uh, we've confronted it. We've talked about it, and it's ridiculous, and it is stupid, and it doesn't deserve any more. Nah. Um, we're fanfare than we've than we've given it, and you've handled it amazing. Yeah, we're good. Um, let's talk about a couple of things. So. I want to just go back to the surgery. So explain to me what this HIPEC is and what, what you, you, you are going through and how it's affected what, uh, your cancer. All right. 
Um, well, I put you like this: when you go through chemo, uh, there's so many different combinations of drugs. It's not all. It's not like giant cocktail, right? You know, so it's like they just inject in your veins, and it goes off like a nuclear bomb. It kills good cells. It kills some of the cancer cells, and they bombard it. They bombard it every. For me, it was every three weeks. I know some people do it every week. You know, Um, so I was going through the aggressive ones, and so after about. 16 sessions, 15 sessions. Uh, we did a couple CT scans, and someone, uh, I went to a mesothelioma conference in Houston, and she knew the surgeon in Baltimore. There's a lot of specialists in my cancer on the East Coast. Is it more prevalent on the East Coast because of build, the buildings and the way things were designed out there? Or? No, that's no. just where the specialists settled. They just, okay, okay. Specialists right, always yeah. have these weird places that they all right. hang I just out. Didn't know there's if one, it was there's like... one in Nebraska, and like Houston, and MD Alexander. So when you said you went to Texas... You just you literally went to a conference to talk to somebody. You just try, or did or did you have? Did they know you were coming, or you well, just they, went there and you were no, like? They, they invited me. They did. Okay, yeah, I, I did a bunch of well, not a bunch, but I did some stops. I did. I went to the mesothelioma conference from curemesothelioma dot org. I went there, um, and then that was a conference, and I talked, met some some surgeons. So you spoke. No, no, I didn't speak. Oh, okay. I sat there and listened. Oh, okay. And then I I interacted with the surgeon, asked questions, and was oh, like, okay, yo, could you think? We could do it, and they're like, "Well, send your, you know, send your, send your scan, send your CT results." Okay, and so we did that, and then you know, email back, you know, the usual slow communication between doctors. And this one doctor uh, between the CureMezzo.org and my cousin, who works uh, in the medical field, she had like talked to his peer, and then that doctor was in the CureMezzo.org's foundation like a chair to foundation. So everyone was getting on this guy's ear. Dr. Rich Alexander was like, this is a good guy. This is a good case. He's ideal candidate. Here's his scan results. My oncologist from out here, LA County chimed in. So everyone's emailing this guy, tell him, check it out. So finally they're like, yo, come out here for the consultation. So I go out there. I'm like, look, man, I got to be honest with you. If this isn't going to happen, this is like my eighth dead end of trying to figure out this, this shit. So if you don't think it's going to happen, just let me know. You know? Be up front right Cause I, now. Yeah, because I, I bought, like, because last time I was out <clears> here, I went to a different hospital, and they took more of my money, and they didn't do the surgery. So it's like... So, so none of this is free soup. No, none of, none of, no. none of this is free soup. Uh, and so I, uh, I I went out there, I flew out there, and uh, caught a red eye out there, and then met with a doctor, and he's like, yeah, I read your results, and I'm willing to do it. I'll do it. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I was like, well, how soon are you thinking? I'm like, maybe like September, October. Now, this is like the middle of June. He's like, let's do it now. No, no, no. He's like, let's do it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, uh, what about July? I was like, July what? July 7th. Now, I knew I was going to be in New York from the 27th to the 5th. So I was like, well, shit, this works out perfectly. He's like, come down here the 6th. We'll do it the 7th. You'll take about a week to recover. We'll check and we'll monitor you. Stuff like that. So I said, okay. So I go out to New York the 27th to the 5th, do some shows. And while I was on the East Coast there, that's where I went down to D.C., met Joe Biden. And that was cool for the... <laughs> That was uh, for the moonshot. Just, just, a little, just a little stop along the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was for the moonshot summit that kicked off because Obama put Biden in charge of trying to end cancer. So there's something called the moonshot summit. And so they invited me over there. And so I did speak at that. You conference. did? Yeah. And then they had me you know, tell we, jokes, which was not as uh, successful. But. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So let's, let's, uh, let's stop for just hear one how that set went. <laughs> so... So when they when they ask you to speak, what are you speaking about? Are you just talking about your journey, or like when they say we need you to speak at this thing? Are you like, uh, okay, what exactly do you want me to do? Well, they asked me to lead a workshop. Okay, and so I led a workshop with a bunch of people who have been 
It was more so people venting their frustrations with the system. Oh, not a lot of oh, trust okay, falls okay. and rope no, courses. Yeah, yeah. No, not, yeah. not, a lot, not a lot of trust. But it was like a lot of people just saying like, yo, this is what needs to be improved. And then there were people who were being unrealistic. Like, they need to legalize weed and heroin. I was like, that's not going to happen at all. <laughs> I like how well, they snuck heroin the, into the there as well. The weed thing could very well happen. Yeah, but I was like, yo, you can't just be dropping this to fucking... Yeah. There's a, a national official here, dog. You can't just say this shit. <laughs> And so people, but you know, they, they were they were venting their frustrations, and we're leading. I'm keeping the workshop going, and then they're like, "Well, hey, you want to tell like ten minutes of jokes?" I was like, I mean, "And not. being the comedic whore that you are, really, <laughs> oh, you didn't really. you didn't want to tell the jokes?" No, hell no, I didn't want to tell. <laughs> Doc, there's like <laughs> surgeons for thirty five years here. There's like a colonel in the front row. There's a bunch of brass there and i'm just like what, is it not your crowd i mean what what did no, you motherfuckers <laughs> not my crowd is no one's crowd <laughs> it was a, a bunch of medical and government officials they need to laugh too yeah but they did not they did not get that memo <laughs> they might need to but they refused they were fighting it this was impromptu though <laughs> right this was impromptu <laughs> they were battling laughter so <laughs> this is this is like if they were all in of a bar and then someone said hey we're starting a comedy show and these people oh, were like God. oh great I'm we're watching the show game over here but you know about like they asked me would you be interested and you're like yeah but then you go into the room and you see there's like 1500 like, people no there. and you're like you're not scared about it but you're scared you're looking at all these people you're like these are not my demographic. Right. This is not. Yeah. This is a comedy show during the day. Oh, inside. Boo that anyway. After after lunch. Yeah. Everyone's at tired. A bunch of government officials. Boring. Of an all day <laughs> seminar workshop. Yeah. And then I go up there. I tell the judge. And they say what I can and can't talk about. I say, okay, cool. I'm not really, you know, vulgar comic. So I tell my jokes, and then they're all like get tepid, like ha ha ha. You getting some golf ha, claps here and there? And I was like. Yo, you know what? I hope you guys have to perform in front of a bunch of people who are the opposite of you <laughs> at some point in time in your life. And I want to let you know that this is, you know what? They brought me here to tell jokes. And I'm doing my job. You have to do your job too, you know? So <laughs> imagine you not being able to operate on someone with the tools that you need, okay? And so, like, what's up with that? Or if you're trying to operate and the patient just keeps moving around. Yeah. I'm like, yo, how many of you guys think you could follow the vice president of the United States with some chuckles? Yeah. Is how that what you had to do? Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. He spoke, everyone's like... Biden opened for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's Put that great. on the resume. Yeah. I closed it down. <laughs> Did a hot... 12. I want to be honest with you, the, the tepid response, I think for a daytime show with the lights on, that, yeah, I think you killed. I was going to say, that sounds like a standing I think you destroyed. You got like army colonels and doctors yeah. like, Wait. yeah, I guess. Well, they, I mean, crushed. They, and they do what they always do after, you know, a tepid crowd. They're like, hey, good set. You yeah, fine. we they really enjoyed it. They were tweeting me. Oh, you were funny. I was laughing. I was like, yeah, but you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would have helped me know that I was funny? If you would have actually responded to my jokes with fucking laughter. <laughs> That's how this works. Uh, but yeah, so I did that. Uh, and then, uh, and that, that was, that was, fun. how's Biden? Biden is like an uncle that tells the truth. Yeah. He's like, like, you know, your mom's like, well, you know, me and your uncle and this, and he's like, yeah, and he's like we got shit faced yeah. and jumped off the, exactly. <laughs> your mother used to be a whore. You know that? Yeah. She yeah. was just loose. Every Ugh. dude. And she found this fucking yuck who fucking. <laughs> 
to we won the love tamer. Do you know he broke the fucking Bronco? So that's what Biden is. Biden is a really cool dude. I just love I love all the Onion articles I've ever read about Biden because it's always like him washing his Trans Am in jean shorts on the lawn of the White House and like listening to White Snake and like it's just really funny. I, I think he's just a, he's a he's a, seems like a fun dude. I don't he know. Is. He's really and, yeah. and his wife is really nice as well. Nice and uh, and so you know that was an amazing experience. You know. Because uh, I tweeted earlier this year, I was like, before it all, I was like, one day my comedy's going to take me to the White House. And it didn't take me to the White House, but it took me close. It's a pretty close. Joe Biden. Give it, give it time. Joe Biden, first uh, Caucasian vice president. Wait, yeah. is that? Uh, oh, that no, might not be right. No, what only- are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? First white, first white VP. I thought it was Joe Biden. No. I'm, I'm wrong. No, Sorry. It's, it's been every white man <laughs> since. Yeah. There's just been a long parade. Dad? I all know. right, so... So back to legalizing marijuana that shouldn't happen. Heroin, heroin. Sorry. Yeah. So all so, right. So there. So you. So you do this, and now, but you. You're out there for this surgery, I'm, and I'm what is this the, surgery exactly? The surgery is where they open you up, and they, uh, they, 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 they debulk where they see the cancer tumors, so they get rid of them, and then, but you can't see all mine because mine's in the lining of my stomach. So what they did was they took out all where the chemo, the residue. And the scarring tissue of the chemo had been. So they took out my spleen. They took out my omentum. They took out my abdomen wall, like a part of my abdomen wall. And so now my stomach, it took me a while for my organs to settle, you know, get used to that. But now, but after they took it all out, they're like, hey, you don't have any more cancer that we could see. But That's crazy to hear so that, you right? Know, it's crazy. that. But they said, but just so you know the cancer will come back. Oh, okay. But depending on when and how soon it comes back, we can either redo the surgery again and get rid of the, the cancer cells again, or we could put you back on chemo. And I'm like, not excited for any of those options. Right. No, Would you take the knife over the chemo anytime, though? Fuck yes. Okay, just want to yeah. make sure. Yeah. As a, well, I don't know, because that was... They had an NG tube in my... Oh. Ever, like that's like in your nostril yeah. and in your throat, going up down your th- yeah. Going that down. you can feel it all the right. way. But then they take it out. You're like, <sighs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's just it's, it's bad. okay. Don't be like, I, I woke up with an epidural, an NG tube, and a catheter, <sighs> and none of those things <sighs> really warned that they're like, this is what's gonna and be. pain, right? Or no, or I mean, no, and pain. No, I, I was in pain. I was in pain because I had an NG tube in my okay, throat. and that was you didn't here. have a. Uh, Oh yeah, they they had, but like again, I'd been in the hospital for forty five days last year, yeah, so I know that immunity. the pain pills constipate you. So I was like, you just gotta grit your teeth and bear. And so I was accelerating my treatment while I was in the hospital because they were like, well, we're gonna leave the NG tube in for about four days, and then we're gonna put you in solid, or we're gonna put you in liquids, and then upgrade you to solids. And like you know, my friends they were there. I was like, yeah, that's not gonna work. I bitched and moaned and cried. I was like. Take the NG tube out so I could start getting better. They took it out like a day or two days before they were supposed to. Okay. Took it out. I was like, okay, cool. Now, now we start. Now we got, that's the foundation we have. We can breathe. Your throat's not irritated. Let's do it. They're like, all right, we're going to start you walking. I was like, good. Give me a stroller. I was like, that's not going to work in the real world. I'm moving too slow. So I was like, no stroller. We're going to walk down to the hospital. We're going to walk down the floor. And every day I started walking. And I had these guys, I was like, yo, come, bring me some food, please. Bring me some food. And they're like, what do you want? I was like, for starters, chicken soup. Give me some chicken soup. So they brought me some chicken soup. And it, what it was was just broth. It was just chicken broth with like a floating piece of chicken. I, I, I was upset. <laughs> that sounds but disturbing when you describe it that way. I, but I would, you would be upset if like you're anxious. To, you haven't eaten in like 
four or five days. You're like, yo, bring me some food. And they're like, like here's you, chicken water and yeah. <laughs> chicken <laughs> crouton. Yeah, and I was like, all right, dog. All right, I see how it is. I was like, so I ate that. I was like, all right, cool. And I forced myself from liquids to solids. And doctors were like, hey, congratulations. We're going to put you in solids today. I was like, define solids. Was you, like, were, you were already doing that. So I you. Like, I was like, I was like, I forced myself to get better faster because I know what it's like to be in the hospital for so long where their procedures are slow. And so you know your body the best. I was like, I'd rather deal with everything on my own. You know, I'm trying to get out of here within a week because my best friend was getting married. Oh, nice. On the, on the next Friday. I got in on a Thursday the 7th, and he was getting married on the 13th. So I knew I had to get to Seattle. So I knew they weren't going to let me go unless I did everything I was supposed to do. So they had an occupational therapist. They, they gave me a, a, a physical therapist. And I was like, do whatever these motherfuckers say. Get it done so you can get the fuck out. So finally they're like, hey, we're going to take the, the epidural out. Take it out. Boom. I was like, cool. They're like, we're going to take the catheter. I was like, what? Wait a minute. Like, whoop. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. John's penis just puked. Mm. Okay. Wait, no, wait a minute. Oh, man. Okay. Like, it just went inside my body, though. <laughs> that was that was a trip. And then they took yeah. the drain bag out. And then they're like, all right, well, in a week, come back. We'll take the staples out. So I was like, all right, cool. They're like, you're going to stay here? I was like, nah, I got to get to Seattle. So my best friend got married. So I'm getting married. Kicked it with my family. And then I went back out there the, the following Wednesday, got the, got the staples taken out. How was the flight and everything with the staples in? Was it painful? Was it? I mean, it was just more so like it's just you realizing that you can't do anything fast. But it was your private Taking plane your that time. you had bought, correct? Right. Yeah, just so I it's totally a lot better. I, me and Cleo finessed all that money <laughs> for everybody to have a private plane. And then you Speaking got the dropped money, onto your yacht and that rode yeah, you that, to the yeah, yeah, you see your, ocean yeah, side. Yeah. Do you just, but you're, this is all out of pocket, correct? These, when you're talking, when you're going to meet with somebody for a specialized surgery, is yeah. that, that, is that an insurance driven thing or are you negotiating with them? Like, I want you to do this and they're, and they say, well, this is how much it costs or like, is it considered experimental? Like what actually are you on the hook for? Uh, all of it. Cause you don't have insurance. Okay. I mean, so you are on the hook. Yeah. It does yeah, cost yeah. money. It's the reality of this is, is yeah, there, there, again, there's payment plans you got to make. Yeah. I mean. I thought I had some assistance coming my way, and you know, uh, it, it's coming. So, but for in the meantime, you got to make payments. You do what you got to do to and, survive. And, and, which... and for anybody, like, uh, if you have to go to the doctor for anything, um, and you have to pay out of pocket, or your insurance doesn't cover everything, it's a lot of money every time. And that's for and I'm talking the basic shit, yep. like uh, my throat hurts. Or you know, you know, I, it's I a couple an, hundred bucks. I have an earache. It's it's expensive every time. You're talking about specialists. You're talking about people who charge <laughs> millions of dollars for everything because they've gone to like 15 years of school and training, and they've, you know, they've honed skills. Like it's not cheap. Uh, I guess my point is like anybody who would think like I'm I'm going back to the negative thing earlier. No, not that. Like, I was. I just. I I just know that it's like every, again the, the no free soup thing. So it's like it's it sounds to me though. Yeah, but that I you're not carrying the burden of the finances. Rule number one is is get it out right. You're like right. get this shit out of me. What and and if this is the right way to do it, let's just do it. I will find a way yeah. to pay for it. That's your attitude, correct? I mean, that that's what that's what attitude you have to be. Like, also, Hollywood, you know, people in Hollywood were like, yeah, do whatever you need to do, and we're going to fucking figure it out. I was like, okay, cool. 
And so I was looking. That's why I was tracking down so many places to go. I was like, if if you have Hollywood saying, do it, do it. <laughs> we'll help you. Yeah, do it. We'll, we'll help you. Usually like, Hollywood says, get out. You're done here. And yeah. it is, a, just so people understand how Hollywood works, it's a group of people that sit at a table. Yeah. <laughs> this is Hollywood. It's, it's like a, a parole the, board. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, you're you meeting come. with the Hollywood board today? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, Hello, presidents come. of show business. Yes. Thank you for seeing me on such short notice. Uh, yes, yeah. It, it's very, it's very, into, it's picture Shawshank Redemption when red. <laughs> right. You're like asking, are you going to help me? You're like, well, what makes you think we should help But the you? warden is like, Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> yeah, is yeah, sit yeah, up yeah. there. Oh, Hollywood. Yeah. And then the, you give them, you tell them what they really do. You yeah. give you honest, and they're like, you know what? We will help you. Yeah, yeah. This is comparing apples to oranges, which apparently is my theme of the show today. But I did, um, I smashed my head open. I had to get staples. Uh-huh. Getting the staples out hurt more than anything I had done leading up to getting this, or having the staples in the first place. Did it or did it not hurt when those things came out? It was uncomfortable for sure. Was it? Was there any sense of relief? Like I know, like so. It just turns out I'm a wussy. Thank well, you. I mean, well, in the head was that really? Sen- you know, yes, in the head. This is in the gut. Like, little, pro- I'm fat, so it's like you know, <laughs> yeah, he's, and he's old. Yeah, now so, mm. together, I smell a sitcom, and I also cry hey. a lot. Oh. Yeah, that's nice to yeah, admit. Right. <laughs> yeah, I cry, for and sure. I also cry a lot. Uh, what does that have to do with your injuries? I Nothing. Have, it's not what I'm sensitive. It's I'm not what I'm injured. I thought this was a safe space. <laughs> I was sharing, and yet here we are judging me for sharing that I cried. Thanks, Hollywood Anonymous, for misleading the people yet again. No, I look. Um, oh, my, well, my question was like the staples. Like when you dislocate a knee or something and it's so painful, but then they put it back in and it feels like such a relief, but then you try to walk on it, you're like, God, that still hurts. Was that, was there any kind of like, like, oh, those are out, thank God, that feels so good. And then, ooh, it doesn't feel good. Well, it felt good that like I could like know I would start healing and that I couldn't, like I didn't have to dab as gently anymore when I dried off or I couldn't really, now I could really start like rubbing it. And sort of feeling like, okay, well, my stomach is oblong now. You know, there's not a balance of organs yeah. on each side. So and now it's like there's a dent on the right side and like an abundance on the left. And so it's just learning how to adjust and adapt. And you, it really it's mental and it's taking a lot of patience with yourself because you're like, you're hungry, right? Let's say you get hungry. You're hungry right now, you go get something to eat. You might eat till you're full. You might eat till you can just get something, you know, tide you over. With me, it's like I can't eat much. I don't know when I can eat. So it's like, if I'm hungry, I'm like, I'm going to have a salad. Like, last night I had, like, some pasta. You know what I'm saying? But I couldn't even eat all the pasta. And it was at, like, a nice restaurant, so it was, like, six shells of pasta. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a lot because yeah. you could pay $50 I, I, like, a plate for it. Yeah, and I had, like, four and had some bread and was like, <laughs> I was like, those two pasta shells. Like, you want a box? I'm like, no, I don't want a fucking box, man. Well, I look like bring home two shells. I either force it through or leave it like a rich man that I am. That's right. <laughs> just throw it to the ground. I could give this to a homeless person, but I'm just going to throw it away. Yeah. Uh, okay, sir. Uh, is that because of all the work in your stomach and like I, I it's think so, smaller man. and you're not... It's just taking, taking a lot to adjust to. Yeah, I can't... Like, I only have one testicle, you know, mm-hmm. from... See, yeah, right. sharing, sharing. But, yeah. but that didn't, that didn't like, like you can feel your spleen is gone. Like you can, I, I can't. Are, are I mean, you, I can't. I wouldn't say. I feel that there is dent. Like you can see things have been removed, so you can like feel. It, looks, it doesn't look like it's balanced. On it's not even. Yeah, it's not, not symmetrical. Like yeah, it's, exactly. It's not symmetrical. He's showing us right now. For those you cannot see, he's like, showing usually, us. Like if you have a gut, like you have a gut. It's like it's round all the way. Not like dent. On the right side, yeah. like you've been hit by Deadpool or something like that, you know. 
just like that's what and so for me it's just like okay like i get tired going up a flight of stairs you know like little stuff like you're that. fatigued easily yeah exactly yeah. and you get frustrated you're like, you're like i should be fucking running did this i live on the second floor the elevator takes forever i should fucking just fucking do this here you do a flight of stairs you're like all right all right get to the middle of the in between the flight and it's like you're like this is it this is it. We are going to die in this stairway. But is that, not that's gonna, not a for always, though. This is just you having to slowly rebuild yourself. Exactly. Okay. Like your body has to. Re, it's like your body's like a gas. And once you break that seal, okay. And they do whatever they do. It takes a while for it to be like, all right. Well, you broke that seal, so it's going to take a while yeah. for us to get back to where you once were. And since I wasn't at like a hundred percent before with the with the cancer, it's really taken like a slow process for me to be like. All right, well, eating, drinking is a process, and walking is a process, and doing basic stuff. You know, I was, you know, I'm doing chores around the house because I've been gone for like five weeks. You didn't hire someone to do your chores? I should. Well, you have servants and all those guys, but they, yes, they, they yeah. probably get They're cleaning the plane sometimes, and right. they just don't have time yeah, to help. I, you got it. Polishing enough. the banisters. I don't have enough money for the full banisters. staff. Yeah. I have half a staff. Oh, only half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate it when that yeah. happens. That's because HBO, it's exactly. not Netflix. You know, the recession's still going on. In the <laughs> I don't want you to think that that's gone. No, it's real. <laughs> it's legit. Quincy, you, as of right now, though, you... Do you get to wake up in the morning and say I am cancer free? Is, is that how you, is that how you view it, or how are you viewing? Because they gave you the butt, and I get that. Right. But how does Quincy wake up every morning versus the way Quincy was waking up for the last year? I mean, I wake up the same way, man. It's like I'm happy to be awake. Okay. You know, like honestly, I, I don't got to worry about doing chemo for a little bit. I know it's going to come back, but I'm not like fretting over when it comes when? back. When? Okay. I'm just like we we're I'm here. I'm gonna do it like I'm, dude. I'm a national headline comedian, and now I'm dealing with all the frustrations of the industry that we were dealing with before. Yeah, so yeah. But went, that's okay. Yeah, those, those industry problems those, don't go away. These are great problems. Yeah. You just get, they, they get bigger. Right. They get bigger, but you get bigger. Right. So the bigger you get, the bigger your problems get. And and, and I, the more they transform. <laughs> and I'm I'm sure you would be in agreement with this, but like you're like. From the time you found out to now, like your general attitude, what you did, you never sat down and was like, and I mean, look, I, I you could have had these moments. I would not, no one would begrudge mm-hmm. you for being like, why me? But like, you didn't just mope and you didn't just go, well, this is it. You put, you made, you had some goals, you put them out there and you went after them and you achieved more than you had planned, I assume, with mm-hmm. the special and all that. But like... And then when we were talking about this, like you're like, I'm going to do the special, and then I'm going to start thinking of the next thing I'm going to do. There is no stop and go, well, now I wait for everything to end. Like You just keep like that general attitude and your positivity and your drive forward. I mean, the possibilities are endless, man. For for me, it was about staying busy. That's what, I mean, a lot of people, you say older people, you know, people who are more sick, they'll be like, it's about developing a routine. You know, and you need that routine to keep your sanity because whether it's going to bridge club, whether it's going hiking, whether it's, you know, spacing out your doctor's appointment to figure out how to fill your time in between that, you need a routine. And so for me, it was to stay as busy as possible. And so when the whole world went hit about four months ago, it was like, this is perfect. This is perfect. I'm busy as shit. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm doing everything I possibly can. I'm trying to seize every opportunity. I put through the special together in two weeks. That was good. I edited it down in like a month and some change. Watched that happen. Learned that. Okay. Then I had the time of my life at the comedy festival of Bridgetown. That was great. How fun is that festival, man? That, that is festival is so fun. Fun fucking festival. Yeah. It, the special came out on my birthday while we're at Bridgetown. 
So we're drinking like we just came home from now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. having the time of our lives. And I'm just like, it's out. It's now out. Yeah. And I'm reading the crit the 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 the, 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 the views. I was like, that was mean. Good, 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 good. All right. You're kind of a dick. Good, 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 good. I'm like, there's more good than bad. So fuck the two yeah. dicks. Yeah. <laughs> we're good. We're good. The there's always going to be someone that goes, yes. not funny. Fuck off. Like, yeah. there's always going to be but, that. But guy. here's the thing. I mean, comedy is it's not objective. It is subjective. Yeah. So everyone sees it through their own their own eyes, and they're going to have their own opinions of it. You know, and, and how it goes. Entitled to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I, then I go back to HBO and I meet with them, and we go out, and they're like, "Hey, the special's getting good reviews. You really knocked it out the park." And I was like, "That's what I want to hear." That's great. That's amazing. They're like, "What do you think is?" I was like, "Well, let's work to the next side." Yeah. Like, let us know. I was like, cool. I was like, so. not everybody can develop relationships with HBO. That's nice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, that's great though. I mean, are you haven't you didn't did you burn that material? Are you like Yeah, I don't even do it. Now. You're done. Okay. Because I mean I might take a couple of jokes, but I've always planned that once it's out there You gotta do new. You gotta and you got and as a comic, you should be working. You should always, always. always. I I completely agree. I don't like to do the same jokes when I go back to a club after a year. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. I'm always like, what did I look at my set list from last time? I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm doing a lot of the same jokes. I got to replace these to, to a fault sometimes where I'm like, well, I just gave them a subpar set because I didn't want to do any of the stuff that I know worked, you know? And then it's also like some of these people still may not have seen the special. Yeah. So the live show's got to be different than what the tape show is. Yeah. That's always been the goal. And so, you know, I, I mean, more good than bad has come from this. I went to Montreal. I wasn't a new face, but I went to Montreal. You did. And I mean, uh, you'll do new faces when you're like 45. Don't perfect. worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, 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 was, I went out there and I had an opportunity there and I went to Denver and now I'm back and then like, I'm going to go feature for my friend next week in Minnesota. Nice. Uh, in Bloomington. I think it's House of Comedy or something like that. Cool. And, uh, and it's just like there's more good than bad. Yeah. And so now it's like I'm telling my, my, my representation, I was like, keep me busy. I don't need the same whirlwind as before, but I need us to fucking make sure we have shit going because I don't want to stop. Well, yeah. that's I didn't want to get the surgery because the surgery I knew was going to, it was going to, you know, it was going to slow things down. And so uh, you, my friends, Nick and Alex, they're like, oh man, yeah, man, you got to do it. And so I did it, but I was like, fuck, man. I knew going, I was like, man, I am going, I'm not going to be at hundred percent for a while, but I had to be, I knew that I had this date in Denver. And so I was like, yo, now's the time I got it. It's three weeks. Just do what you got to do. Heal, heal, heal. Don't force it. Don't do nothing. No sex, no nothing. Boom. Well, you lost me there. I can't. Yeah, Brian, Brian has to have sex three, hour, three times every hour. Quit bragging, man. I had it twice during the show. You guys could have been oh, dude, That's why I said, <laughs> okay, all right. I can say things like my wife's never listened to anything I've ever done. She's so very, he, um, she's very she won't quiet. even know I said it. Me and John sat here quietly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just an, I'm an observer. I didn't say with who or what. I oh, just said something yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't so, say I didn't have sex. I just said I couldn't force it. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Get um, on top, Susan. <laughs> The uh, uh, the question for you because um, yeah. we haven't seen you see, we we saw you briefly after the the taping but oh. yeah what was that moment like before you went on stage because right it all comes to a head and it's time it's time to go what was going through your head um, before you because you you got multiple things going on through your head right because you have to you know you have to prepare for this event but you're also thinking about how we got here or no or did you just there were uh, there were a few things man I'm gonna tell you there were a few things. The first thing was remembering the structure of the set. The second thing was saying, forget the structure and have a great set. 
right? So there was total contradictory information in the brain. But then the first set was like, they kept coming out doing wardrobe malfunctions and I got heckled and a bunch of shit like that. And what? I was like, I got heckled during the taping. Well, now, what type of heckling? Like just uh, just what? annoying, like, like I love you heckling or no. heckling, heckling? Heckling, heckling. Like dude stood up as we're taping and is like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. And uh, I was like, yo, in my head, I was like, I hate this motherfucker so much. Please tell me you didn't know that person. I did not know, but people knew that person. Well, so, what the fuck was he? What? I was like, yo, so I'm livid. And so every time, so I asked for the light at 30 and 40 minutes, right? And so they kept interrupting me in the first taping. And so I didn't know where I was at because I didn't time my material that much. You just knew when you got the light for the 30 and then the light for the right. 40, you had, and you were doing 50, 50 to, or 60. Yeah, yeah they, they ended up wanting me to do like an hour, hour 15. Okay, okay. And so I was like, when they, but they told me an hour 15, like right before I went on stage. I was like, you know, that's 15 more minutes than you had me plan for, right? I have the material, but now I have to pace myself. And figure yeah. out where I'm putting these new jokes because exactly. they're not going to all come fly. Self-editing. That's right. like a... <laughs> so now I'm thinking, all right, pace myself, have a great set because you can't think about the future. You can only think about right now in this moment. So I got to have a good set in this moment and I have to remember all the jokes, right? So I'm like, all right, I have the sheet, but I can't take the sheet out on stage. So I was like, just fucking, all right, here we go. Boom. Have a good first set. Fight through the heckling. Fight through the, the interruptions. Boom. Good first set. HBO's like, hey, we got enough to make it work for this one. <laughs> I was like, cool. Now that you guys are happy, let I'm me do something <laughs> fun now. I want now that the suits are happy. Let's get to real work. And so I, you know, right before I go on stage, I was like, I was like, man, it's over. It's over. I, we did it. We did it. We made it. I'm crying. I'm like, all right. My boy's like, nah, baby. We got one more set. One more set. No time. No tears. No tears. Yeah, Let's get it. Save Let's get, it. I mean, everyone come backstage. What's up, QNT? What's going? What's going on? What's going? What's going on, man? Like it's really happening, man. It's really fucking happening. Well, people were we're, were excited for you, man. We're I mean, doing it. Like yeah. I was like, it wasn't me. I'm not because I didn't do it by myself. No, we're doing this. Yeah. This is happening. I did it in L.A. I could have gone home, hometown love, been here. I could have gone like a city I really loved, but I was like, let me do it in L.A. for the people who helped fund it, so they could see it. And they can, you know, when they be a part of it too. Exactly. So it's not just for me. And that's the thing about this project is is I've always learned is that it's bigger than you. Comedy's bigger than us. We don't know. We might dial it in and have a shitty bar show in fucking in in the valley, in Sherman Oaks, right? Just talking about how much I hate those shows now. (laughs) And and they are. But you know what? Sometimes there might be that old drunk woman. Who might be like, that was funny. I needed a laugh. I needed a laugh. And that's the one thing that stopped me from going home and offing myself or whatever. That one thing. <clears throat> and yeah. it's the same thing when I perform. People coming to me afterwards like, you know, I, I, I lost my, my father to cancer. Just buried him last week. I was like, man, you know, we talk about it. I was like, you know, cancer is a crapshoot, man. But I know your father was a fighter, da 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 you know. And they're, they're, they're like, this means more than you could ever know. I was like, no, I know exactly how much it means because it means a lot that you feel that close to me that you can share this intimate, you know, feeling yeah. that you're feeling and we can bond over it. And so for me, like the special since then is always like when people come to me like, oh, I heard you in the Hollywood Anonymous podcast. It was a great, <laughs> great story. And, and we really, it really was real. Like it was good to hear some real shit from a real comics. I'm like, yo. And that means a lot. Yeah. So when you realize that people listen and hear and feel and identify and relate, you're like, all right, 
Well, this is bigger than me. So, and that's, and that, as a comic, that's what you want. You want what, people to hear what you have to say, relate to it, and love your take on it. Yeah. But now it's like, I look at the company I'm in with this HBO special, it's like, I can't go back and ask for a Comedy Central half hour. Fuck no, dude. I can't. So now I'm looking at like, so whenever, I'm, I'm still waiting to see it on a plane one of these days, honestly. I've been waiting to see it. I'm, there's, I, no, there's no planes going down jokes or anything like that. No, no, but I, 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 I haven't watched it. I'm waiting until it's on the plane. Like you I haven't watched, watched your special. You just edited the shit out of it, and then did you yeah. did, did you help did you help with the editing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a close hand. Yeah, it. yeah. I never, you know, you we're always perfectionists. So there's things that I give it a B. I give it a B for for introductory special. Not even including the two weeks that we threw it together. I give it a solid B. And I know that that's still above average. You know what I'm saying? But I know I could build from it. The next special would be A minus. Yeah. Keep building from. It. So now I'm looking at my new material. I'm like, okay, I'm excited again. I'm excited. I'm not running. That's an hour. that's that that that's feel like that. when you when you wear out like all that material. And you're like, God, you're so sick of it, but you have to go out and sell it one last time. Like, yeah. hey, HBO, this is my stuff. And then you know already, you're like, I'm gonna fucking throw this in a fire when I'm done. Yeah, I mean, and like there were jokes. I mean, I was even so trying to be so strategic with it that like I didn't want too many of the jokes to lay over from Conan to the special. You know, I went. I was like, I got more than enough jokes. You know, I got a ton of jokes. But now I'm trying to figure out, like, okay. So now I'm looking at this company I'm in, Louie, Rock, uh, uh, Cummings, uh, Tig, uh, Carmichael. I'm looking at these guys. They all have HBO specials. Carlin. I I, I mean, yeah. Carlin. Obviously. but (laughs) got a couple. Yeah. You're 14. (laughs) Fucking greedy motherfucker. (laughs) And he did it with no cancer. Well, he did, yeah, that's true. He also did it without repeating it. Like someone asked him in an interview, like, "Hey, how long? If you could go on stage, how long could you do without repeating a joke?" He goes, "Like, well, I have fourteen HBO specials. Um, they're all an hour. Some are an hour and a half. So I could do however many hours that is without repeating a joke." And I was like, "That's a fucking long time." Yeah. Well, that's also uh, you know forty years. Of course, of, of course, of course. And they of course, also of weren't course. all like great. No, they no, all weren't great. No. But. By the end, I was like, "We get it. You're angry." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Just pass a torch to Louis Black and uh, <laughs> and a black T-shirt to Louis C.K. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now I was like, all right, what do I follow up with next? And so I was been asking my friends, like, oh, what the fuck do I do? What do I want? I was like, I don't really want to act. And so it's still at that crossroad. But now I was like, fuck it, I'll do whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm down. If it's an opportunity to explore and check it out, you know, so I'm gonna try and go out on some auditions and maybe pitch a show. You know, I wrote a I wrote a one pager with my friends Frank and Peter, and we're gonna go try and pitch it and get some going. You know, but it's about staying busy and trying to keep keep the fire, keep, keep yeah. the fire burning. Keep and you're and now with these connections, like for you, that's just a, like you go, you say, like we all say, I want to pitch a show. But like now, you actually have people that will listen to what you have to say. In theory. In theory, yes. In theory. Like, but meaning like HBO liked what you did. They were happy. They want, to be, they want to work with you again. Maybe you can take them something that they would enjoy. Now, again, in right, theory, right, yeah, right, yeah. these people are going to... It's going to be easier for you now to get meetings with that special under your belt and with these connections already. Right. I mean, also, it's the small things I did. You see, after I signed with my agent, I sent them an edible arrangement. You know what I'm saying? Uh, after I got the special, you know, uh, they had sent me, you know, champagne to, to Bridgetown and they sent a card or whatnot. And I sent them 
like four edible arrangements and flowers and balloons and whatnot saying thank you. You know so it sounds like you're in an appreciation contest here. So who's winning so far? If you were to who run appreciates who more? Yeah. Well, when when they get the other one, they win. <laughs> when they, but it was like, it, but it's the small things. Yes. That like when people get shit, I feel like it's the small things you gotta do. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Taking the time to message someone, they had a good set at a mic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Only for that person shit. to come back a couple years later and yeah. accuse you. But it's like, and so for me, it was like I'm just. I, I, I know what it's like to move here and not have many friends. I know what it's like for comedy to be daunting. You move from a small town, you're seen. You think you're going to come and make the, the only, hey, I'm new to L.A. observation. Parking, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Sepulveda, oh. huh? Oh, crazy. For 405. Right. Crazy. And so you're making each other. And so for me, it's like, it's a small thing. So that's why, like, I'm sure they work with a lot of people. And then when I met, and they're like, when you're in New York, hit us up. We'll go out to lunch. I was like, cool. I hit him up, and I was like, hey, did you guys, they're like, we loved it. They're like, out of all our years, 40, 30, no one has ever sent us anything back in return. Wow. And so I was like, well, good job, mom, for raising me. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's stuff like that. And so I think that with that, with the, they're like, man, they're like, when do you think it'll be ready? I'm like, well, I'm about 40 minutes in. I was like, so let's say, you know, let's say, let's say 30, 30 tight. Give me another 40, 45 to record. And then we'll be like, how long you do? I was like, I'll probably have it done in about nine months. You know what I'm saying? That's a solid one. Because now I'm structuring it. My friend Nick was like, yo, you want that legendary status? You want that Chris Rock, bigger and blacker classic special? Then you need to start running that hour. Yeah. From now. Yeah. And stick to it so that way it's ever so you know where the beats are at. There's no hiccups. There's no it's just smooth. And so I'm like, all right, but as for I'm you know, as for me, I'm more of an off the cuff improviser stuff. So now it's like, okay, well now I'm working on pacing and the structure and the stuff that I had to learn how to condense in those two weeks when they announced it <laughs> yeah. from the taping. And so now I got more time, I'm like, okay, cool. And so I'm working that out. And so I think the next one's gonna be really good. I don't think I'll do it in L.A. again. i got to win a championship on the road. Yeah, I think ah. for anybody that doesn't live in L.A., you, you do touch on something that's extremely important. It is very difficult to uh, do a stand-up show, nonetheless a stand-up special, special yeah. in this city because people just, they see so much of it. They're so overexposed to entertainment in this city that they can unintentionally be a tad bit jaded. And, you, and we see this as performers when we leave Mm-hmm. When we go outside the city, yeah. how much more open people are, and the laughter is like more robust. Like a Denver crowd, and, yeah, oh. compared to like any given. And that's that's Saturday nothing against the people here, but it is more difficult. And I have seen other t- specials taped here, and it has been difficult for everybody because of that. It's just they've seen so much, and it's really hard. So the second the, show was mostly comics. Yeah, there was a lot. I that's we were my, at that. I one was. To I questioned. That. I wanted to know who was at the first one because I'm like, I feel like I know everyone in this crowd. You do? Yeah. 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 I did. I well, was how like, was that was, for you? I was livid. Well, I was going to say, you, was you're probably pissed. hoping you could have like d- then done, have done this on, by, on a secret and just you know gone under a fake name and had all people, oh, but you were right. Oh, my gosh, man. You were pissed because, I mean, it, we, I mean, we were just showing support. Like if, if I wasn't, like, there's not a lot of specials I would go watch. Right, you know what I mean? But I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna go support Quincy." Like my fiance came out. Like we all were all. I mean, but that, but you guys weren't the problem. It, it, that was fine. But it was like I literally saw all comics that I've been drunk at the comedy store <laughs> with, and, and people, and I'm like, they came, in my head, I'm like, the the insecure. It was like they came to see you fail. 
Oh no no no! Yeah, no. I don't I don't think that was the case. No, but yeah. that's the that's the insecure, the little nagging thing in our brain. Oh. Where it's like, there, oh man, you gotta kill it. No, you brought the comedy scene together. If anything, that's yeah. exactly and what that's that was. What, what everyone said afterwards, like, well, we yo, we had to come see this. It was such a feel good moment. I mean, right. I, I hope you actually, you know, really. I, I, I hope I hope, I hope felt you felt that about energy it. <laughs> at some point, but I didn't feel I, it until afterwards. And I, which I saw, yeah, you were definitely on on cloud nine. I, um, you know, I saw you guys at, at that kooky. Bar. Place. You guys were. I was coming in. And I was like, "Oh shit! Everyone's been here drinking since the first show." <laughs> I was like, "Daddy had to work," <laughs> and you motherfuckers was it? Huck's like, "Hey man, man, good, great special. We are out." Yeah, I was beat, dude. I was so tired. I was like, man. Yo, I'm, and plus there was a mob there to yeah, hang you, out with you. It's I don't like, think you were short of of people. Um, nah, but I I really do appreciate you guys coming out and and hanging out to see me even afterwards because. I got drunk very fast. Like, like, <laughs> I would imagine, dude. I would imagine. I, I got drunk very fast, very, very aggressively. And it was like... You didn't do any Russian tampons, right? No, no, okay, no. I just want to make no, sure. No, no. To Is that a drink? Uh, no, no. You just, it's a snack that Russian women serve <laughs> when they're tired. Yum. Uh, to Brian's point, you really did bring people together with, with that special. Because there were... like we, You know, we very rarely rally around someone shooting a special. Like, oh, yay! This guy's getting a special. Right. So, like, there were, there were comics from all different... You know what I mean? Because people run in cliques, and there's different circles of people, and there's just some comics you never see because you don't do the same rooms a lot. And... This was like, there was just a lot of different comics there. And it, it was, was a community really, event. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was your show, but this is what I, what I got from it in the end, is that the way comedy works, especially in Los Angeles, is that you start in an open mic, mm-hmm. and then the people that you, your peers, your other open micers, they eventually decide which people rise up to the next level, which becomes the book shows. Mm-hmm. And then you get into that book show circuit. And then those peers decide, in a weird way, they help decide which people grow to the next level. And it, and it keeps happening like that. It's this very natural, organic thing that happens within the community. And so what I saw there and what I observed was exactly that. It was a community embracing you mm-hmm. and you in turn embracing the community and it was like this mutual admiration club yeah. that that transformed itself into an HBO special that became successful mm-hmm. and i think it was because even though it seemed unnatural because it happened to have it, it happened in 2 weeks um there was a lot of natural like organic stuff that happened within that 2 weeks that led to that 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 little short period of time and you felt that energy there and maybe people won't see that energy on the screen or on their HBO mm-hmm. Go account, you know, when right, they're right. watching in Nebraska. But I can tell you, it was there. It existed, and 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 I hope you saw that same thing. I, I felt love, felt it. Man. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I felt love that night. It was it was. Just, I was just happy for it to be done with. Yeah, <clears throat> just that's a natural. I was like, I was like, yo, <clears throat> I've done two hours one night. I'm exhausted. I have chemo the next day. <sighs> so I was like, I just. Want to get drunk tonight? <laughs> and you can you can drink. No, that's what I was going to ask you. Is man, they told me when I did four months of like this was back in the nineties, but th- there was they were like do do not consume alcohol. And when I first did, I like I drank a twelve after my third day off chemo. I drank a twelve pack and like literally peed coffee. Yeah, like it was, I mean, and it felt like my back had been worked over by brass knuckles. Well, for me, it was I don't do. Anything the week of or the week after chemo. Right. And since it's every three weeks, it gives me one week. So I just have fun for that week leading up to it. So that means I'll get my favorite food, clean my house, do everything where I'm back to, you know, somewhat normal. And then, like, 
prepared to batten down the hatches to be in the house, yeah. to be sober, to be doing all that stuff. So for me, like chemo usually tired me out. Like as I got used to it, it used to tire me out for like a week, and then it used to tire me out for five days, and then three days, and then I was just I built up such a you know a tolerance to yeah. it that it was like all right, well, two days, you know, we're out. You know what I'm saying? Like because I know once I go in the house, I'm not gonna want to come out. I don't want to. Leave. I don't take the pain meds that they give me because that leaves me loopy, knocks me into the next day. You know, so you're like, I'm just trying to avoid all the pain meds. I'm just trying to. It's like it's like going through a bad hangover. Yeah. Except it's your whole body. You're just like, I just want to get it out of my system. So basically, you you were basically, I'm gonna have a hangover anyway. So right. <laughs> is that right. is that half the the mentality right. here? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, that I was, it's not every day you get to you know. You get I mean, to have an HBO drink- special and celebrate it with everybody. Exactly. Yeah. I was drinking more so at Bridgetown because the special came out. And I was like, yo, it's been a while since I've been back to Bridgetown. And I'm drinking in Montreal because it's Montreal. You know, I'm seeing George Wallace. Ooh, I'm nice. seeing Kurt Metzger. I'm yeah. seeing all my peers who are here. I'm like, this is my like coming out national stage. And I was like, oh, Quincy, do I know who you are? Isn't that weird? Is that a little bit weird? Once that once was it was that something that you found weird or inspirational or odd that people that you had never met before were like, "I know who you are" because you had done an HBO special. Well, in between Ellen and HBO special, yeah, it's a it's like that's true. The people, Ellen, sorry. When people when people rem- like say, "Hey, you, you're inspiring to me," yo, keep doing that. Like, yo, I know you're not talking about because a lot of times people at the shows they'll get I'm not talking about it because. It, there's no smooth way to really like. So I have cancer. Da, right. da, 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 da. I'm like I don't talk about it. I have it. And you, people, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. But I don't need to be like elephant in the room. I have cancer. Right. So don't you know? I just go into my jokes. Uh, but on, on that stage, it was like now people can't question. Oh man, well you know you got a special given to him. Like da, 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 da. like it's like oh you know does it, does it? they haven't watched it. But there's no one who could say I'm not funny, and that's the reason why I got it. At the end of the day, it's not like I was like a librarian, and I said I always want HBO. Right, always wanted yeah, to do comedy. Yeah, yeah. and they, and in, they didn't take this blindly. This is not a, no. A, they researched. Yeah, yeah, they didn't just go give him money. Like yeah. yeah, they were like, "Yo, this guy Ellen." That wasn't prompted when Ellen turned towards the camera and asked Netflix or HBO. That wasn't anything the producers went over. That was nothing they told me was going to happen. That was nothing I asked for it to have happen. She did that on her own. I was like, and I was like, oh shit, yes. Yes, please, if you're watching, yeah. respond. And sure enough, the people responded. Now, I'm assuming Ellen is not typically a Quincy Jones demographic. Yeah. So did you know the power that she had? I didn't even know the reach of her show. Right, yeah. because, I'm, I'm again, and I'm not, I'm not knocking Ellen. I just don't think that any of us are her demographic, so we wouldn't mm-hmm. know, right? No, I mean, I definitely didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. Like, I didn't realize how big it was. And so I came back the, the the next week, and she announced that. And then when that show, when that segment aired, I was on my way to Atlanta to run the hour. So I had already dip, dipped out of the city. I knew, and like I forget the East Coast time, so they got it at six a.m. their time, you know. And so I was like, I was like, I gotta get out. So I like flew to Atlanta and then got you know got to work on writing a special. And so uh, that then I went up to Boston, ran it there. So I ran it in the four corners of the United yeah. States to get a good view. Because what happens is we forget that we're in liberal yep. cocoon country yes. of LA. Yeah. And you forget all about that huge Midwest, Illinois, Nebraska, uh Kansas, the the panhandle, 
uh, Iowa, fucking Minnesota, Michigan. And you're like, oh, there are people there want to laugh. So now as I'm in the editing room, I'm like, yeah, that joke can't go. That can go. I don't need to do that. And I'm not like some artist who's like, I've always thought of the bigger picture. So I'm like, that joke's got to go because that is going to offend someone. And that'll offend someone there. And you know what? Yeah, I could keep it. But am I that like? Am I that dick where it's like these jokes must stay? Fuck them jokes! If you're going for cross, you got an HBO special. You're going for ma- you have maximum. You yeah. want as many people Reach. to watch and enjoy it as yeah. humanly possible. So I was like, now nah, fuck all them jokes. Them jokes, was, yeah, they were good for the show. It was a great second show. They used ninety percent of the footage from the second second show. show. Okay, that's nice. So I was nice. like, cool. But I'm like, yo, that's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. And then we whittled it down. We threw an intro, black to black. 56 minutes, not bad. I'm like, next one, it's going to be good. And I'm not even tripping. And, and, I, and I know what to expect. Yeah. And, and then next time, I won't be out drinking heavily with my friends the day before <laughs> as if we were celebrating the day of. Right. And that's exactly what we did. We day drank and ate and were merry like we just looted a castle. Sure. And then I was like, and woke up the next day and was like, Oh, should I go do blood work for chemo the next day? I got to go to the hospital, so get the blood work. They're drawing out whiskey gingers in my fucking blood work. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, we done that. We got to go pay the venue, grab money out the account, pay the venue, boom. Then you got to go there, and you have to be at the fucking venue all, all day, day. All day. So I was there from <clears> one <throat> to one. <clears throat> yeah. I'm like, and the whole time you just want to shoot your special. You just want to go on stage, just, and there's all that bullshit that I'm has to go on photo beforehand. Shoots, Interview for the, for you know the, what they drop. Yeah, they should do all that right. shit the day before because the day of you need well, to focus on your. His situation yeah. is a little bit unique. So, yeah. but yeah, it's still it's still given all that you're going through. That is that is a lot. Yeah, and so I, we we did it, and I, you know, like I said in in the post, I took care of my responsibilities. I did what I was supposed to do. I had fun, and you know what? We're on to the next project, and we're gonna even have more fun because we know what to expect. So now it's like, it's not going to be a surprise at how expensive this fucking shit is. No, but it'll be a surprise as to how many more people you can actually reach. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Boom. surprise will come from, the, like, all the, all the production bullshit you get now, and you're like, okay, well, that's a huge hassle, but I guess it has to get done, and here's why. And you're, you'll, pre- you'll be prepared for all that. And you'll probably have uh, your hands in it less. You'll probably be a little more, they'll probably allow you to focus more on just doing your set because it's not such a, um, uh, a new idea. Do you know right. what I mean? Like right. you've done one special and you were heavily involved in the production and getting the venue and you got to take money out of an account to go pay some money. That won't happen on your next special. There'll be some guy who they send to go pay the venue. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like um, that's what I'm saying is like you, with each one you do, it'll be more and more like pretty soon they'll just float you in on a cloud and you'll just pop off, do your thing, and then get the fuck out. Uh, I'd love to have Bill Burr's status. <laughs> uh, or, you know, I may even do more shows. I might even film a weekend. You yeah. Know, that would be uh, not, just, not just two shows on a Monday night. On a Monday night. Well, but look, I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't play as a Monday night. You know what no, I mean? Like, yeah. No, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But, just, you're, but, I mean, as, as you're leading up to your you're realizing... Oh, there's a lot of people who wanted to come, but they couldn't come. And it's because it's a Monday. It's a work night. People aren't turning up with you. It's a little stuff like that you just think about. And yeah. You, you don't let it affect you, but it's a little stuff to think about for next time. Like, all right, well, this is how we might want to move differently. What angles? How do I want to shoot it? How do I, you know, do I need a jib arm? Probably not. 
Probably don't need a jib bar because they're expensive as fuck. Dude, jibs are not. <laughs> uh, no, they're not cheap. Jibs are not so, cheap. That was the only thing I bitched about the hotel. I was like, do we really fucking need a jib arm? It's only 250, 300 people here. We don't need a jib arm. Like, no, I think, you know, it's going to capture some great shots. Why don't we just get more handhelds? Well, you want that sweet. You want that sweeping. You want that, I but mean, you don't want that sweeping arm price. No, <laughs> no. You no. get that. Yo, John, you get that sweeping arm oh. price, man. That's enough to make you holler, man. You're like, whoa, whoa. We don't keep this? We're just renting it for this price? Yeah. yeah. I don't get to take this home with me? Yo, man. I'm doesn't fit in my car. Tonight, man. I'm yeah. just going to lay on it like a lemur. We don't get this for the whole week? It doesn't yeah. come everywhere with yeah, me? Yeah, no. no the, the production costs, man, yeah. that's just no joke. No. I almost became a jib operator a long time ago. Oh, I started oh, working wow. with jib guys, and I was like, man, they make a lot of money. Yeah, These they do. These things are not cheap. They do. I mean, I don't know how you break it down, but... But the point is, like, it's a learning experience, man. And this is, that's a beautiful thing. I'm learning how to deal with the hate. And like I tell everyone, the crazy thing is, when we start comedy, comedians are always overly ambitious, but most of them are least competitive, right? So that's a weird combination. But they think they're ready before they're actually ready. And someone will be like, you got 10 minutes? You don't. You don't have 10 <laughs> minutes. You got three. You might have five. But you'll say you got 10. Sure, just to get you, that spot. Just to get that that's spot. That's what you're supposed to do. Right? That's what you're supposed to do. But here's the thing. You always think you're ready. You're further than sure. you really are, right? Until you get a situation like this. And you realize, hey, I would have loved a month to prepare this yeah. special. And that would have even been better in two weeks. But then the other thing is, is like, you're only ready for the good. You're not ready for the bad. Like, when you put out your special or you get a late night thing, you're like, yeah, I, can, I know I got a hot five. No doubt. I got an airtight hot five ready for family, anybody who wants it, right? You put that out, you're like, there's my shit. That's my baby. Lifelong goal. Handled. Knocked out. And then you hear some people saying, that fucking redheaded bearded motherfucker. You're like, yo. And you might respond the same way I would, like we would have responded to this. But it, I'm glad it happened now because if that had happened three years ago, if I'd blown up three years ago and that had happened, there would have been death threats. There would have been me. And I'm like, yo, I will come to your, I will find I'll you. I'll find you, yeah. I'm going to see you. I'm going to go to every open mic that I think you're at. And when I see you, it's on. So that's what would happen three years ago as opposed to now where it's like, I can articulate my thoughts in a Facebook post that conveys everything I'm feeling, informs everyone what's going on, and still be smooth. Why not? But, but the key to that is you took time. You didn't respond right away. It doesn't bias anything at this point in our lives to fly off the handle. Right. It's like uh, I was trying to load a mirror into the car. My fiance bought a mirror, and it started, a brand-new car started scratching the side of the thing. And two years ago, a year ago, I would have been like, and I would have gone crazy. Yeah. And in this time, I just turned around, took 10 deep breaths. I went back and realized it is just a car. It's not a big deal. No big deal. Whatever. But you know what I mean? Like that response time, that collected using your words instead of like, seriously, what's your license plate? I'm going to slash all your tires. Like yeah. the kind of shit that you'd want to do and that I would want to do immediately upon seeing or hearing that you just kind of remove yourself from it a little bit and go, okay, because you know your response, once it's online, it's there forever. Even if you delete it, people can get at it. So to have a well-worded, informed, educated response Mm -hmm. is the best thing you can do because when people go back and look at that, there's not like, oh, look, no, he was just threatening him. Oh, he's just going to beat him up. Like, oh, this guy... 
No, you said exactly what was on your mind, but you put it in a way that everybody can understand. Yeah. And I thought that was really well done and classy on your part. Why, thank you, tip hat. But mm-hmm. that's the whole point. Is like a lot of comics will think that they're ready ahead of when they're actually ready. And you may not actually be ready for the bad that comes with the good that you're only envisioning. And so that's why I, I'm, I'm happy it happened now because I'm, I'm ready to handle I know how to handle that. Because before, like I said, there wouldn't have been no time to articulate my thoughts. It would have just been in the mix. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there recovering from surgery. I'm sitting here with fucking 45 staples in my fucking Yeah, stomach. selfie, selfie, yeah, selfie. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. you. You think this is fake? Right. And so I was like, you know, be cool because you have a HBO special. And this is their feeble attempt to see if you really are deserving of it. You can't have good without bad. And so this is the bad that comes with the good. And so now you're ready for it. So deal with it. And I dealt with it. And we're on. I'm yeah. back in Hollywood's Anonymous, my favorite <laughs> podcast, with my favorite people. And that's what we do. I got to be honest with you. What's interesting about this whole thing is you time for the, for the last year, it didn't seem like time was on your side. Yet you take the time to deal with things the right way, which is in itself says how much growth you've had facing what you face. And I will also share to use my last apples to oranges mm-hmm. comparison to this. And since I know three is always the best, right? The rule right. of three. Yeah. three. Yeah. So years and years, we've, talk, we've joked about this in the show before, years and years ago, um, I had this, this puppet video that got featured on the front page of YouTube back when that still was like a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. I was like proud of myself. Like something I had made had made it to the upper echelon, like the, the top of YouTube. I get to the page, a million views. I'm stoked. I'm happy. I go to my inbox. First email I see is, fuck you. I hope you die. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Well, that was kind of like, for a second, it brought me down. Then I realized, I'm like, oh, that's when I knew I had made it. When people are telling you when to fuck off and die. When people are mad at it. you is when you actually realize you've made it to where you're supposed to be because that's what it takes. Jealousy does not exist until you have made it above them. And I, I wasn't even trying to be above them. That was not the point. The point was, I could have taken it two ways. I could have got on there and went, fuck you. Who the fuck are you? I don't know who fucking and like right. got into that war. Instead, I was like, I sat back and then I just laughed at it. I'm like, bring on the negative. Well, bring it on because that means yeah. that means you're mad. You're mad because I got something you didn't get. That's all that means. And I was able to just wash it away. And the difference, though, is YouTube comments are fairly anonymous, whereas the stuff that you just dealt with was right out there in the open with people's names Correct. and like people you know. Yeah, and like that, hence the apples oranges. That's, yeah, thing, that's yeah. that's just a little. That's uh, the unsettling part. Is it's not just some I'll internet grape, troll. My smaller grape. We'll go grape, grape, grape to grapefruit. Raisins. Grape to grapefruit. Yeah. Yours is grapefruit. Mine went raisins. It's <laughs> the raisin. Just a pistachio. What? Let, let's let's um to go back to the positive for a second. Now that we're celebrating right. your one year anniversary, your yeah. mark, your yeah. point. Let's look back on that that year. Uh huh. What if you if you were to, to, to a few of the greatest moments? We know there's Ellen. We know there's there's HBO. What are some of the moments you will forever look back on on this year when you celebrate this year of your life? Minus all the bullshit, just the, just the positives. What's the stuff that, that sticks with you? Your, your high points where you're like, I can't believe this happened. I love this. This is exciting. All that stuff. The people that I've met, the support that I've gotten, you know, the, the friendships I've established and, and cultivated. The, I mean, just it's been a whirlwind for like a little while now, but those are all the positive things. You know, the rela- just everything, the relationships of people, the support. I, those are the things that have kept me going. When that doctor told me in that hospital bed, you know, you, you got a year to live. Some people live longer, some people live shorter. 
but we won't know till you get to going through the chemo. I never, for instant, thought that I was going to die on August 6th or before. So I knew with that that I was going to fight everything I had. If people said juicing, I juiced. If they said try going vegetarian, I did it. They said, don't eat eggplant, there's nicotine in it. They said, broccoli's a man-made vegetable. They said everything. And I was just like following everything I could while researching my cancer, doing whatever it took to increase my chances. Now, chemo's a crapshoot. It could have gone the other way fast, you know. But in my case, I responded. Maybe it's because my cancer usually shows up in people who are 65 to 75 years old. And you're able to bounce back quicker, and your body, your immune system is a little bit younger. Yeah. And So it's like, well, if they're, you know, if, like their immune system is worn down, it's older. Chemo fucking floor. If it floored me. It's wailing on 70-year-olds exactly. and 65-year-olds, yeah. So, I mean, I looked at that and was like, all right, let's do this. And the first chemo knocked me out for four days straight. I was drifting in and out of consciousness. I was in the hospital bed, couldn't eat, woke up after the fourth day and was like, <sighs> I was like, man, that, what is, what day is it today? Like Sunday? The nurse was like, it's Tuesday night. They're like, you got it Saturday morning. I was like, I'm hungry, but I don't want to eat. She's like, did you just receive chemo? I was like, yeah, I just received chemo. She's like, did they tell you anything that comes with chemo? I was like, no, they just told me I was going to do chemo. She's like, oh, my God, you're in for a crazy ride. She's like, you're going to, and she told me all the side effects and Jesus. symptoms that came in. I was this like, wasn't brought to your attention before they started shoving needles in you? No, no, it was just saying you got to do chemo. The cancer spread, you have to, they were hoping to do the surgery, the HIPEC surgery before, but it spread to the lining of my lung, and they were like, we don't want to take out, we don't want to do that surgery if we're not going to get it all out, right? Now, here's the thing, when you ask if something has spread, you want to know, has it spread a lot or a little bit? But to doctors... It doesn't matter. If it's spread, it's spread. So that, it doesn't matter if it's just a little dot. They're like, well, we see a little bit of cancer in your lung now, so we don't want to go ahead and do the surgery. And you're like, all right, well, what do we do? And you're like, well, we just try to shrink it with the chemo and right. then go in for right. the surgery. I mean, uh, But they still, the L.A. County, even over almost a year later, didn't want to do it. They still weren't on board with it, really. So it was just like, all right, so that's well, why Well, you were smart. Get another opinion. Go see another doctor. I pay mean, whatever to save your life, man. Do whatever. Yeah. And so for me, it's just been a learning experience. But, to, I mean, obviously the special is great. Getting my late night set on Conan was amazing. Uh, you know, going, What's this backstage pass thing with Beyonce? What is that all about? I mean, who wouldn't want to be backstage <laughs> with Beyonce? But how does that even come up? I mean, you just think about things that most people would wish for. <laughs> Those are what most, there's lots, lots of people would wish for that. I just wanted to put out some shit to be remembered if I die. And I got more because I asked for less. And I, and I didn't expect anything. And it happened. And now I can tour the country and pay rent on time. And that's the goal. And the best part of it all was the benefit show that I received after getting out the hospital. Because everyone came to Echoes and their Sunset at the time. And they all put in. $20 and we I walked out with a little under 3G's or something like nice. that. Nice. And that was from the comedy community. And this is after the Kickstarter had dropped. And that had a fast response to almost 16,000 in uh, three weeks, you know? And so it had been like 
an amazing feeling. But to go through those nights of insecurity and doubt and loneliness and depression to realize you're not alone and people do care for you and that this is the greatest fraternity you could ever ask for and people will be there for you when you need it. Yeah, that was the best feeling. And that trumped any TV credit, anything that ever happened. I almost hung out with Brooke Baldwin from CNN, so that was a close call. <laughs> close call? You make like, it sound like an accident. No, I mean, like, I was I was on CNN. I told her I was going to be in New York. She should come to a show. Then she had to, like, go to Israel or some shit like that. And I was like... Cover the news? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking news. Cock blocking ever since 18. <laughs> I was right there, Huck. So right close. So I was right close. there with, with Brooke. But, you know, those are all amazing experiences. And also to finally get the recognition that you sort of crave and want your whole career being like more people saying, oh, you are funny. Now, let's take all this out um, and, and we'll leave it here as, as, as in a, um, something that I think you could share with other people that may be going through something similar to you. Remove all the comedy from it. Okay. If, I'm, if I find out or I'm living with cancer or I find out that I'm getting cancer or anything that, that, that threatens my livelihood and I, and I got to figure out, you know, how to, how to deal with this and, 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 and a way to live with this and still enjoy life. What would you share? What do you share with people when they talk to you about that stuff? Don't let anyone dictate what you can and can't do and don't let cancer define you. Live your life. Do what you want to do. It's your life. It is your life. No one knows what you're going through. Every, you'll have a great support system, but they won't ever fully understand. But trust them. They're trying. You know, so have faith in your friends and family, but understand that they'll never truly understand what you're going through. But don't don't let these doctors dictate to you what you can and can't do. They're humans. They're mis- they can make mistakes. They're only these mis- are best guesses in their in their minds these are, anyway. These are, these are all these are that's exactly their only educated guesses. They don't know your body the way you do. They don't know you. They can't attest to you know religion, God. They can't attest to. The human spirit, the desire to survive. Or cancer. Or cancer. I mean, it's... They don't know. But you have to have a mental strength. Like, if you're like, oh, if someone says you have cancer, then lock in, dedicate yourself to the fight, dig in, and fight it. And whatever happens is going to happen. But I guarantee you, you will have success in some form or another. So that's it. Don't, Don't let anyone dictate to you the quality of life you should live. You know, I I saw people in the hospital chain smoking, you know what I'm saying, while in a wheelchair with cellulitis, putting their leg in the nub. I'm like, live your life, player. (laughs) If that's how you want to go, go. Yeah. It's not it's not up to us. It's not up to us. If they figure, you know, I'm forty five and fifty five, I had a good run. I'm not gonna fucking start eating vegetables now and exercising. Fuck that. I'm going out. Yeah. So let them go out, let them chain smoke, whatever. Same thing with you. If you've lived a life, you're 30, you're 20, you're 40, do whatever you want to do. But understand that it's bigger than you now. When you have cancer, you have to worry about your loved ones because they want you around. You know, you have to worry about your friends. They want you around. You have to worry about everyone like that. So it's bigger than you. Unfortunately, it's a time to be selfish, but not be selfish. And so I'm usually selfish when we go out to eat. <laughs> you pick your times to be selfish and it's yeah, dinner time? I'm, yeah, I'm like, oh, you guys want to go out to Applebee's? I'm better than that. I want to go to Red Robin. <laughs> Keep it classy. Yeah, that's, that's too. You get that, because uh, there's a menu of burgers. I mean, who's not going to love Red Robin? Uh, you know, this episode brought to you by Red Robin, actually. Hey, I went on a date with a chick and she's like, Red Robin? And I was like, whoa, what? 
<laughs> what are you about to say right now? She's like, because um, we can go Dutch and the rest of this meal easily. <laughs> She's like, no, oh, so classy. Yeah, red robin. Dutch. I thought I love, she pays. I love steak fries. Yeah, she pays it and throws rose petals at my feet as we walk. <laughs> Very out. nice. It's like it's a moon dog fucking coming to America. <laughs> I just watched that movie the other day. It's really funny. God Still stands damn. up. Oh my god, yeah. That's what's, what's up with you guys? How's how's the family? Family good? They're great. Wife good. The wife is great. She's out working somewhere, doing you, you know, being responsible. So that we can uh, have the we're in the uh, luxurious podcast studio that we have. The basement. man is pretty luxurious. It is. It occasionally uh, doubles for my nephew's uh, living quarters when he's in town working. Man, I move here and pay rent. This is, <laughs> it has a fucking a TV mounted to the wall, guys. Yeah, so well, brick wall listen. too. Fireplace yeah. set the mood. Listen, I wish that fireplace worked, but you know, some things, uh, yeah. it's all superficial. I mean, it just depends on what you mean by work. I could throw some wood in there on fire. And <laughs> sure. Well, Something's going to happen. Yeah, we'll it smoke, might get we'll real smoky out. in here, but I'm sure we can make it work. <laughs> no, it's just another hot summer with the kids enjoying it. I, I enjoy spending my time with the kids. That's what I do. It's really important to me. There you go. You know? Huck, you got two months? Yeah, yeah I got a couple months. I got to get a suit. Where, where, is it, it? Where, where is it going down? Uh, McLeod, California. We don't even know where that's at. Yeah, so, it's way north. Like uh, like Redding? Eureka? It's right, like right around Redding. Yo, bravo, look at you. I oh, mean, you're from a, Seattle. I mean, no, when I drove down here, I stopped in this weird ass town. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. You would never stop in this town because literally there's five people there and they're all like seven Do they plus stand at the front? Like, what are guns? you doing here? Yeah. Driving through? Yeah, not stopping. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's a, yeah. But it's it's a, it's a beautiful up there, you know, all the mountains and all that. It's she really, chose it? You excited? Uh, her grandmother lives in that town and that was kind of, we chose together because I wanted her to be able to be there. That's awesome, man. So, yeah, I don't have any living grandparents and, and, She's really important to Nicole. So, your parents coming out? Uh, my mom is definitely coming out. Yeah, Dope. yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's making their hotel reservations. And guys, I'll be there. I'm gonna give a little toast. Oh, that's nice. Hollywood and I. And now, no, I, I for won't. an uninvited guest <laughs> to give a toast, you come no. out of the bushes. Hey, everybody! I just, you know, my Take wife sprouts <laughs> out my hair. Yes. I've been watching from a distance, and here's what I've noticed: I two two people that I know, and and they're and they're sweethearts. But we had a family wedding, my wife and I, and mm. two friends still showed up. Like and it's that, weird that they, weren't they, invited. They, yes, yeah. And I, I wasn't mad, put that but to the test. Yeah, like it's like if your friends think you're really good friends, they're like, "Well, I know I'm coming." You're like, they don't even they won't even ask. Like, I didn't get the invite. Yeah, but. I've had a couple of people like, "So when's the wedding?" I'm like. Why, why are you asking? It's, but it's weird because I wasn't mad. I was I was flattered that they felt like I know I know you didn't invite me. And I know it's just family, but I'm 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 still going to go. And no one really got upset by it. But I was just like, that's balls. I couldn't do it. Well, I could never just I, show up to somebody's wedding. Well, I got invited at, at a party. My friend's older brother was like, I go, yeah, you're getting married. That's great. He's like, yeah, man, you should come. There's always a place for you. So I was like, all right. So I literally came home and went to <laughs> went to the wedding. And people were like, hey, and I was like, hey. <laughs> And I had a suit on and everything, and they told me it was going to be inside. So I wore like a black suit with a with like a red tie or whatever. I kind of looked like Satan. And then they had the whole wedding in August in Illinois outside in the fucking sun, and it was the hottest day of my life. People, do, I'll tell you this. One thing I have learned is that people do not take wedding invites seriously. Like, like when like if someone's like, "Hey, Quincy, come on through," like I would do that. I'm like, yeah. oh, "Fuck it, I'll go home." Yeah, and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on, guys? Ready like, for whoa, the wedding?" Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. We got these plates cost money. I was like. <laughs> Wait, I don't need food. Like, even my nurse, my nurse at the fucking hospital when I was recovering from the surgery, it's like, you should totally come to my wedding. I was like, when is it? I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I'll come back. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, so what's up with the, the date? She's like, uh, 
I was like, well, you're the one who fucking invited me. I <laughs> fucking own up to it. Yep. Make me seem like I'm the fucking weirdo. Yeah. yeah. You threw it out there yeah. and someone caught it. Now you're like, I was only joking. Yeah. Can, you, can I have my ball back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it ends up being, right? It's weird. It just makes it all awkward. You should never joke, especially the wedding stuff. If it's, yeah. it's so personal, you don't joke. Sex is roaming at weddings and you're telling that to starved HBO <laughs> celebrity? <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> oh, hilarious. Right, Dude, so, thank so you again. I'm, I'm not coming to Huck's wedding. That's what we're saying. Uh, I think well, John made that clear. Well, uh, we might. Well, maybe you'll perform. I keep telling. Maybe you'll perform. I keep telling Nicole your, that what? I want to do my new CD at the wedding <laughs> at the reception. Just a tight, mm-hmm. tight hour, tight hour in front of friends and family. Right in a suit. I'd look good. You do know that somewhere. Somebody's, Some comedian somebody's has doing done that. that. Yeah. Has has literally show bombed their own event Forced. and people are like, This is not happening right now, correct? Someone proposed to their girlfriend at a show at Nerd Mill. So. Yeah, Eddie Pence proposed to his uh, now wife on stage at the improv. I would ne- no, I would never do that. Well, he obviously knew what the answer was right. going to be. Are you saying you just wouldn't do it in general? Men never know what the answer is going to be. I, I you know, I didn't really know. I didn't really know, and There's I still no- think it, it's a maybe. <laughs> But uh, you only got a couple more weeks to find out if shit if this we'll is see. gonna happen. We'll see. Yeah. We'll are you see. Are you going? Uh <laughs> yeah, he's going. Okay. <laughs> we got to do. We're gonna do an episode of the podcast live from the wedding. Yes. Well, you think you know somebody? Hey, guys, our, our, our guest today is my wife. Hey. Cool. While they're actually taking the vows, I'm, I'm standing between them. <laughs> that would be awesome, dude. Live from the ceremony. You know what? My wedding. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing that like, this is similar to mine. Shh, we're doing our vows now. Be quiet. Oh, sorry, sorry. Am I in the frame? Am I in the photo? Does this count as a credit? Huck gets married. Oh, yeah, that's a credit. Huck gets married. I was at the Huck uh, at home wedding. It, uh, it's a credit. No, that, I know. Real talk, that's exciting, man. I, I hope it's amazing. I hope it's amazing. Thanks, man. And I'm it sure be, it will It should be fun. It should be fun. How yeah. dare you ask questions about us? We were, as you can tell, yeah, we're not how, prepared to answer how questions. Dare you we're try so, to interview me. I don't have anything much to say. No, no we're, we're fine. We're I, I, good. This, I'm so glad show. you were, were going to come in. We just thought it was going to be a quick phone call, and John said you were willing to come in, and this was this is great. We honestly, dude. I mean, I know you and I don't know each other very well, but I mean, as an, from an outsider's perspective, um, I can't tell you how inspirational it's been, and how happy I am that you get to celebrate. You know, August seventh. Right, just yeah. just to start one day at a time, and I'm sure it's going to be many many moons past that. Yeah. But the, the fact that that's that's happening and everything that's happened leading up to it, I mean, it it's it's just it's just amazing and it's inspirational. And I'm, I'm glad that I could even be in any way, shape, or form within your own your your stratosphere, buddy. I'm, happy, I'm happy we met. I'm glad we're friends. I think we need to hang out, grab a beer at some point. I've done that before. Yes, we. I've, I can do that. I know about. <laughs> I, know, I know you. Can. I know about <laughs> hanging out. Hanging out. I'm good at. I know um, beers. I'm good at. Yeah. Uh, comedy. Well, that's a slippery you, slope to failure. You're better and, at and, comedy than you are at drinking. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that that's probably a really good point, actually. Because um, I like to say I'm good at drinking, but it ends up never going well. No, so no, I don't know. I just I told the alcoholic I was like, I, you know, if you're alcoholic, it's fine. I, I just don't know moderation. And then she came up to me after. I was like, that is the definition of alcoholic i was like why don't you go away <laughs> go away that just means you're not ready yet quincy you're yeah. not ready yet you know what 12 steps says there's a bar right yeah. there i can walk 12 I, steps yeah. backwards to the bar oh all right guys great show yes. thank you for coming by because yes. I, I i agree with brian it's very inspirational and uh and you know i again i think it's your state of mind and your general attitude towards 
like you said, not letting some guy in a fucking lab coat dictate how you're supposed to live. Nah. So, you know, like, you'll be around for, you know. I'll be around for a while. You'll get annoying. Thank Next you. Next special. Annoying. We'll do another podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well, good. we'll have you back. We don't, it doesn't need to be a special, dude. You can come back anytime. Yeah. I say that, and then you come back in the middle of another show, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, not now. Like, what? <laughs> Guys, <laughs> you had an open invite. What's up? You said. So first I, the wedding yes. is now the wedding. Then the, the podcast? podcast invite is You guys are dicks. <laughs> fucking Judas. Dick. And Delilah, you <laughs> Judas, Judas and Delilah. Oh, uh, but Quincy, thank you, so thank much you for making time. the time to come in. I appreciate Thanks, it, man. Uh, great show, everyone. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe.